Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. It's time. It's time. It's time for a new completely unnecessary podcast. He's giving me a strange grin he hasn't given me in a long time. You're just <laughs> for Wednesday, March 25th, 2015. So yeah, you're Ian Ferguson. No, I am. We huh? just that was a quick start. That was a quick start. That was a very quick start. It was a hot start. It was a, a roll. It was a rolling start. <laughs> yeah, start like, yeah, it was a roll like Daytona <laughs> USA. <Yes. laughs> I'm Pat Country. We're your hosts for this plethora of gaming and YouTube and maybe pro wrestling and maybe pixels fun. But hey, we're not talking about Amiibo this week. We almost did, because someone brought up a topic where they're like, on Twitter, like, oh, Loot Crate's packing Amiibos. And I looked it up. It's been happening since, like, November. So I'm like, no, this isn't new. <laughs> so I was like, we got away with one. Yeah, yeah, that's nice. So uh, we got a lot of stuff to talk about on the show. We're talking about Nintendo breaking their own promise and getting into mobile games. Uh, Kojima leaving Konami? What? We're talking about uh, Jesse Eisenberg, Lex Luthor pick, pick reveal. That'll be fun. The Pixels movie trailer starring Adam Sandler. Uh, the Star Wars uh, Episode Eight and Rogue One movies already announced with release dates. What? And then Mallrats Two announced. What's What's going on? What, what are we in the ni- mid nineties again? And then uh, we'll talk about some pro wrestling stuff. X Files officially back. You yay for six episodes. And then um, yeah. So Ian, how's it going? Oh, it's it's been interesting. I don't know if I mentioned it during the last intro to the podcast but i have a cat now uh he has a prescription cat basically a prescription cat yeah. so so he helps cure you of your bad eyesight Is that what you <laughs> of my bad moods no Takes i uh, so he's he's technically known as an, an emotional support cat i'm not i'm not allowed to call him my pet um <laughs> yeah got it, that, of course i got you know i know it's it's stupid but yeah now i got a letter from my doctor i was like hey animals make me happy and she was like well we can do this right now <laughs> prints out a sheet of paper for me took it to my uh apartment landlord and she goes okay well yep, you can have a cat now and uh we went and we got my <clears throat> wife's cat uh spike from uh down in TJ and brought him back up here. Named after the Vectors game, by the way. That's, no, that's, why, that's no. why. He's named after Spike Spiegel from uh, Cowboy Bebop. And he's a crotchety old man. Crotchety old man? Crotchety old man, but he loves me and he loves Vonnie. He, does, he doesn't like being bothered by anything? He doesn't, nah. like, the, he doesn't like that rock and roll? He doesn't <laughs> like the music you spin? He, well, you know, the really funny thing is is when I, whenever I turn on my synthesizers and I start playing around with him... He sits underneath the table where the synthesizers are. Aww. I feel like they take him on a space voyage. <laughs> space voyage. Yes. Um, he's just scared and wants to. He wants some sort of comfort. Thing. Right. The, the aliens are the, the dog aliens are attacking. Went you know. through a couple fun weeks of medical stuff, but I think that's finally starting to go my way. So is it going to go your way? Knock on uh, knock on. He's card- taking pills and staying up late. Knock on card table. <laughs> we'll see what happens with that. I thought that was clever. It was, <laughs> it was very clever, Pat. Um, so I still got a DVD 
pre-order going on for two more weeks. It's all like April 10th. And it's going well. I'm moving out all these old systems that you must be happy to see me move out. I'm move happy out. to see you get rid of anything. <laughs> well, the arcade's gone. Yeah. Machine. Well, that made me happy, too. <laughs> that was a staring in the face every podcast. Yeah. And I'm like, Pat hasn't turned to you on since we played Skull and Crossbones. Or Spider-Man, which you had never played before, which still surprised me that you never played Spider-Man. I had never seen that one in the arcade. That was a damn fine game. It is fun. Very fun. I actually enjoyed the weird, like, side-scrolling segments more, I think, than I did the beat-em-up Really? I, well... They're, they're just both, unique both, to see. Both, but the fact that they put both in one game is still weird. Yeah. No, no, no beat-em-up was doing something like no, that. It was, you it was know. very unique. Um, and then, uh, yes, a new Path to NES Punk episode will be coming, thankfully, before the end of March. And it will be under 15 minutes. And I say that hesitantly, but I'm pretty sure this time... Because the script is is not usually like the nine pages they usually. <laughs> I won't believe it until I don't see it. But check yeah, the time. You, you won't believe it until you don't watch and hear about it from me after it's done. <laughs> exactly. Um. So Ian, this was kind of cool news and surprising. Not I want to say shocking, but it's a turnaround from uh, for what Nintendo has said in the past few years about their stance on not wanting to get into the mobile game market. Right. So it's interesting. Nintendo has announced that they will be getting into the mobile game bar- market. Um. Uh, through, I believe the company is called Dana. And I think they will probably have their first game ready, they said, by fall. Um, I've always been weary of Nintendo getting into a mobile market because all I ever see on a mobile market are time wasters. Um, And then some of the deeper games, I don't have the patience to play a deeper game on my phone. I just, I don't. Uh, you know, uh, Treg, on the other hand, will beat any RP- any old RPG they put out on the iPhone. You know, I mean, they put out Vi, they put out, you know, Dragon Quest. You know, he'll buy them and beat them. Um, but, you know, as Nintendo showed, and it wasn't something that I particularly cared for, but with, like, their little tiny free-to-play, uh, well, that's a term Awada doesn't like, free-to-start, which I think is... A much nicer term. So, as with Nintendo games, are going to be on the mobile devices free to start. Well, things? they think some of them will be. There's, um, there's going to be some monetary, but they change involved. They put one on the 3DS called uh, Pokemon Shuffle, and I don't think the 3DS is the place for that sort of thing. However, mobile it makes sense. Um, Nintendo has a history of quality. Nintendo has a huge um, amount of characters that are well known. And well loved, and as long as these things are developed well, um, I could actually see a small benefit to Nintendo entering the market, and that's people will see a Nintendo made product and feel more comfortable about dropping some money on it, even if it's free to start, probably because they're going to be more convinced they're going to get a quality play experience out of it. I would hope. In theory, because In theory. your first party software, if, if, if not always interesting, is well made. Right. Now, that doesn't mean that they can't totally fuck it with, you know, free to play, but it, I, I would free hope. Free to start. Free to start. But I would, I would hope that that means you would at least get a better experience. Yeah, they're not going to do ports of old games, which at first I was like, oh, that makes sense. They can just come out with games that are a few years old on, from the 3DS or whatever. But no, I think that would drop the. Even, even Wada always was was always wary of diminishing the value of their IPs by doing something like that. Right. You don't. You don't. Basically, I see them doing little, like, I don't know, like, card matching games or stuff like that on the phone that that use their characters for familiarity, but yes, you're not going to see... It's He doesn't want to diminish the value of the brands, and it's 
it's because those games wouldn't play right on a smartphone. He doesn't want people sure. to play a Nintendo game and be like, this sucks because it's totally not the right device to play it on. Yeah, so they don't want to cannibalize their their uh, download market for old like NES Super Nintendo games because they're, they're, people are paying 5 10 bucks each for them, so they can't do that. They can't charge a couple bucks for them on a phone. Wouldn't make sense. And plus, you can't play them properly anyway. Like those Capcom games a few years ago that were put on the... Uh, the phone were terrible. Street Fighter, Five, 19, Mega Man 1942 on the smartphone. Yeah, good luck. Well, actually, that's know. probably one of the better playing ones. I mean, shooters do work well because you can get one-to-one -one with it. But anyways, yeah, I understand what you're saying. Yeah, I played it. One-to-one -one is, yeah. Anyway, so um, it's interesting. It makes sense. Uh, obviously, the stockholders love love the, the thought of it because it's more, more profit. More, like, more importantly, though, it, we're talking about a generation of of children and kids and babies, I don't understand it still. When I see like a three-year-old using a smartphone, like it's second nature, the exposure of Nintendo to get into that market that early, uh, that 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 pays for itself. Even if they take a, a small hit on their quote-unquote IP uh, value being diminished, just the free marketing of being on the phone. And when you go into the app store in the future, Nintendo will be the top of the list. Yeah, you know, and so three-year-olds, four-year-olds can learn Mario. Um, can learn uh, Princess Peach, can learn about Luigi, can learn about Link from a very young age. I don't want to jump quite into another topic yet, but you know, Nintendo's mentioned that they're working on a new console, and uh, they've stated very emphatically that they are dedicated to continuing to make game-playing devices, uh, which is yeah. great. But, yes, exactly. I mean, so many people these days are growing up with tablets that it would be... I don't... I'm still not necessarily okay with it, but it, it would be kind of silly on Nintendo's part to not put some some branded material uh, available for download on those when you've got kids in elementary school with, you, you know, uh, with iPads and iPhones. Yeah. I mean, shit, that's fucking crazy when I see a kid it, with an iPhone. But, I mean, that, yeah, I mean it's, it's just more money for them. I mean, we're talking about the future where... Um, I already complained about how Nintendo did not really advertise the Wii U that much. I think they have like three or four different commercials I've ever seen, maybe three different commercials. I saw like Mario Kart, one for the system maybe, and I can't even think of really a third one on the top of my head. This is their almost free advertising for them. You know, this... Sure. It, and it, it may not pay off uh, with this generation, but think about when that three, four-year-old thinks of Mario when he turns eight, nine, and a new console comes out, he wants that system. It's <laughs> built in. Because, because you don't have, you don't have uh, Sony and Microsoft doing this. Uh, you don't have them, uh, you know, putting out mobile apps, and maybe this will spur them to do that. Maybe they'll, they'll see the same sort of marketing benefit right. of doing that. Because what Nintendo could do is they could do what a lot, uh, what a lot of mobile games do. If they decide not to go free to start, um, they could, uh, you know, you could download the game, but in between every round, there's an ad for whatever's coming out on the Wii U or the 3DS, and then if you want, you can pay the three dollars to eliminate your ads. You know, but. Mm -hmm people are going to see him at least once or twice, it's going to put that in their mind, and like you said, they got a game for free, and the advertising is now stuck in their, in their brain. Yeah, they put a simplified version of a game out even maybe a year or two before, and there's a simplified version, now here's the 3DS version, now here's the Wii U version of it. It's almost like maybe they'll treat it a little bit like shareware, a little bit, like a little bit, or like mm -hmm. an early teaser preview game that's still good on its own, but then you get the full experience a year later. They can go in so many directions well, here. You look at something like Nintendo Land, right, uh, or or We Play, mm -hmm. uh, which was just these collections of mini games. Now you parcel these mini games out one at a time, but with their branded characters in them. I, I think that's something that you you could see uh, them doing mobily. 
Sure. Whether it's free or very cheap or you got to pay so much if you want to play, you know, again right away. Um, they've are, they're already masters at the minigame. I mean, there's 10 Mario parties. Which still astounds me that there's 10 of them. Yes. You, know, you, know, you know what fucking astounds me? Fucking astounds me that Mario Party, a game that is only good with four players, still doesn't have online play. Well, I had I had money in my hand at work to buy a copy yesterday. But it's, it's a party with people around you, Ian. Yeah, I know. But, <laughs> That's the point of it. Yeah, yeah I, I, but we already have shit we play when we get together for games. Like, I want to be able to just jump on late at night when I can't sleep and play a board game. R- really? You'd be tempted to play a board game late at night? Against- yeah, I have shitloads okay. of board games and no one plays them with me. We're getting way off topic. Anyways, here. fuck you. Um, <laughs> what? So That was called for? <laughs> doesn't matter what shit. <laughs> um... But anyways, uh, you did mention something that I want to kind of just minorly correct, and that was that the stocks jumped. Their stocks did jump, uh, I believe, 36%, an insane amount. But uh, it seems that the overenthusiasm uh, caused those stocks to drop again. Um, so, I mean, they're still sitting higher than they were, I believe, uh, last so, week. So it corrected itself. Uh, yeah, which is what stocks tend to do for something like this. But but yeah, I mean the 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 huge jump was not a permanent jump. It was a hooray, yes. and then and then they were like, well, maybe Nintendo's overestimating what they can do here. Oh yeah, that's what usually happens when there's an announcement for like WWE Network or whatever. There's usually oh this is good news, and then they come back down. Right. A, lot, a lot of it's due to the casual. St- I don't get into stocks, but a lot of the more casual people that buy stocks will get excited about it, go online and buy it or buy more, and you have the other people sitting back and be like, oh, let's let's. Let's relax here. You know, this is a long-term thing. Let's see what the profits margins, you know, in a year and a half are. Right. You know, but um, so I think it's cool news. Um, I, I I don't think it's a bad idea. I I think it all it can only benefit Nintendo, especially since they're not going to again be devaluing their IPs. Yeah, they're not going to be making any of their current good games look shitty. They're going to be developing specifically sure. for that platform. So speaking of other companies doing. Weird thing. Another sh- shocker. Yeah, another shocker. Uh, it appears that Hideo Kojima will be leaving Konami after uh, Metal Gear Solid Five: Phantom Pains is released. Uh, that has actually been um, confirmed. And Konami has uh, said that going forward they will continue to make Metal Gear Solid games uh, without Kojima. So what, what the hell happened here? Well, if it's anything like Konami in the past. Um, Konami doesn't want people to make games or is not giving people a lot of freedom to do what they want. Uh, it's like when... Uh, why can't I remember the name now? Uh, Drifty Lithium Brain Fart. Uh, remember when we talked about Castlevania? Yes. The Castlevania guy leaving? Because even though the game sold amazingly well and people loved them, they decided they needed to stick him on mobile dating simulators for two years. Yes, that, that was. A- yeah, I mean, this is basically the state of Konami right now. Konami doesn't have anything they used to have, or if I mean, if they do, wow, that was a year ago. It's not even quality. That was Koji Igarashi a year ago. Koji Igarashi, I, I, yeah, Iga. I always want to say Iga, and it's it's the full is Igarashi. So, so so there's a lot of things I saw with this. Sorry to cut you off. About they're they're taking his name off of the cover art. Is that true? I don't I I don't know. That's they, kind of a that's that seems it's very it's very contentious. If that's the case, they're going to take his name off of the. Like I game. said, I, I don't know. They may put it up there. They may put it back. But like I said, it is it has been announced that this is the last game he's doing in the series. Is is Phantom Pains? Um, 
I think it's ridiculous that they would... I mean, it's obvious they would because Konami is bleeding and they need money, but it's ridiculous. I don't even think Kojima is all that in a bag of chips, but he is the heart and soul of the Metal Gear Solid series. Um, All of this postmodern weirdo bullshit that goes on in the the Metal Gear Solid games that makes them interesting to people who play them Mm -hmm. is the work of his mind. So to... To, to to push him out and to say you're going to bring other people in and that's that's like saying I mean it's it's just the only analogy I can come up with and I don't but it's 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 like saying in the middle of two towers uh Tolkien's out and someone else is in to finish the story so sure but because because these games have always been I think to players yes they enjoy the gameplay but the story is really what drives a lot of these people to yeah. play them because they're fucking out there. Which is the one, was it two or three where there's like 20 minutes of gameplay and the rest is like a movie, basically? Okay, that's which a lie. Is, but which one is it? Uh, but that, <laughs> that, would, that, that would be four, actually. Oh, four. It's so, but it always, though, it always weighed heavily on the story. Story, right. Yes. And if, a little bit too much to, to some people. Yeah, me included. I mean, I like the first one. But, so with Kojima leaving, um, that, I, I just... You're you're looking at shitty Metal Gear Solid oh. games from the from from here on out. Isn't the, he doing Silent yes, Hills? The pro the other problem is, and they have not commented on this. And I I always joke, but I'm serious. I probably would have paid ten dollars for that free demo. Um, Kojima and Guillermo del Toro were making Silent Hills. Uh, I as of now, I don't believe there's any official statement on that, and that. That really upsets me because that was looking inventive. That was looking uh, promising. That was looking like they were going to take some risks on that game and try to put out something unique. Did they have a release date on that yet? Was it for later this year? No, no, there was no release date on it. I, I mean, they kind of they dropped that without even saying it was a Silent Hill demo. I mean, the it, it, we found out when someone uh, beat it online. Unless. Kojima did something horrific and they want him out of the company. I don't see how they can cancel that, especially when they paid probably Del Toro a lot of money to, to help with it. Well, you know, it doesn't make any sense. Like what I was getting at earlier, I don't think it's Kojima did something horrible. I think Kojima's... I, I have a feeling Konami pissed off Kojima, not Kojima pissed off Konami. And so he... It's the same reason Kaiji Inafune left Capcom. It's the same reason Igarashi left... Konami. It's because these companies are old and they're out of touch and they're running on really old business structures that creative-minded developers don't want to be weighed down under. It could be part of the... I mean, we, we hear about Nintendo having this old sort of... Uh, it's, I guess it's the old way Japanese culture where everything is so rigid and, and structured as a community group versus independent people having... You know, even trying to to, to in, in, infuse the company with new life or new spirit, and it kind of goes against how the company's been run for decades. And it kind of seems like it works for Nintendo because a lot of the people who are at Nintendo have been there for a while, and they they mm. must like something about it. Um, but I really think for some of these other companies, especially the non-hardware producing companies like Konami and Capcom, uh, I have a feeling everyone good they have is like 
fuck this. They're not I, changing with the yeah. times fast enough. I, I mean, I mean, I mean, um, Inafune went right out after he left Capcom, funded Mighty Number no. Nine. Yeah. I mean, that still that still boggles levels. my mind how they, Konami couldn't just say do a Mega Man game and it'll, it, it, it'll sell. Like just do that, do what you want. You well, know? that's that's probably why he left because he could no longer Cause do. They, yeah, because they canceled two games. Yeah, they canceled two Mega Man games. games. Yeah, it's like okay, he's like, what's going on? They don't think he's going to sell. And, and Mega Man's been silent ever since then. It's already been like three years. You know what I mean? So just really weird stuff. Uh, Kojima tweeted out, I, I guess it was that, I, I'm not good with the Metal Gear Solid series. That could be from one, two, or three. I don't know. But it, he, he just tweeted heading off with a picture of the of helicopter snake going to the, the helicopter. helicopter. Yeah. Which either means this is the last in the series, or I might be done with the company at some point. No, like I said, at this point, it's, it's solidified itself a little more. They have said that they will continue making the games. And they've said he's no longer on them. Is it, is it because maybe he, he figured I can't go anywhere else with the story? I mean, it's not just these five games that have done other games, what, well, mobile and otherwise, It's totally right? possible. Like I said, Konami's hurting. I mean, they've got, like, nothing right now. Nothing. And Kojima, like I said, I don't always like what he does, but, you know, being a relatively creative individual, probably does not want to continue milking his franchise and ruining it if he thinks he's done everything he can with it. So Whereas Konami needs needs it. They so need that Metal Gear money. He's being too much of an actual artist versus what Konami might want him to be versus just being a moneymaker. Mm, sure, but I think I think that the, the the right side is Kojima's side if that's the case. Well, that's that what's like everything else when they they said we're not doing any more Mass Effect and there'll probably be a new Mass Effect game. Did they, did they announce Mass Effect for you know, like, I don't know, but I mean, whoever I mean, Halo Seventeen's coming out. Yeah, but I mean, all that shit's like team based. I mean, we're not talking about one person who's the mastermind behind all of it, like we are with with Metal Gear and okay. Kojima. Fair enough. So, so we'll see what happens if his name's going to be on the bill for it anymore or or not, and we'll see what happens with Silent Hills. I'll, I'll be surprised if they would cancel that. I don't see that being canceled because that seems like that'll be a big money maker uh, for Konami. Yeah, they've got to find a way to get that one finished. Um, like I said, I'm hoping when they say after that he's done, they mean with Metal Gear, and they let that finish before he leaves. Sure. Um, I want to bring this up real quick. This was a, a Vice article that uh, I'm not sure I agree with, but I'm just going to throw it out there because it's, it's interesting. It is. And Vice is coming on strong with their, their stuff on HBO, um, their, their specials, and... and Doing really good journalistic. I was going to say they've been having amazing articles um, lately, and, like. and their website. They've been doing so. They, they basically, good video work at first, and the website's blowing up. Um, they're they're covering stuff a lot. Of other people aren't. A lot of other news networks aren't yeah. because because let's face it, cable news is fucking awful. Anyway, that's not what I'm going to. Um, they have an article about PlayStation versus Nintendo 64 was the last console war that mattered. So that's on Vice's website. And it's an interesting take that I I sort of see where they're going with it, like comparing how all right we now analog joysticks coming out for both systems. This is you know this is the first big real uh, competitor after Sega uh, you know dropped the ball. But I I don't see it happening where PlayStation versus Nintendo was the last console that mattered, just because they're not comparable systems. Like like how the Genesis was with the Super Nintendo, or how Xbox was with the PS2. See, I you know. okay. So for me, I, I think I mean that that fucking headline reads like just every nostalgia tripper who walks into the store. I mean, first of all, I think a lot of reasons why a lot of people who who are our age, the the age of the people who wrote this, might think that is because it was the last one that mattered to us. Um, but two, I think the non-comparable systems does actually mean that it 
they they did truly have to fight for something. You had cartridge games. We have no load times. We have CDs. Load times, but we have FMV. You know, I mean, the, well, what was the battle though? Just which was the better system? Because at the time, uh, at least from my experience, it wasn't usually it wasn't like the the, the schoolyard sort of uh, brawls you'd have or rows over, over Super Nintendo versus Genesis. Oh, Usually, really? N- not in my experience. That was very much my experience. Okay. It was very much N64 you know, versus uh, PlayStation. You, okay. know, you had your time-tested properties like Zelda you know, uh, versus stuff, you know, versus all these new Japanese RPGs that were coming out that people didn't know about. Um, so, so you didn't know people that had both consoles? Oh, I did. Okay. I did, but that doesn't mean that it wasn't a console war. Um, I mean, it was. Now, as far as their take that it doesn't matter anymore because both systems are the same, I have to disagree there. Both systems, Xbox One and PS4, are fairly fairly similar, but it's still a console war. Yes. You still have fanboys taking sides. You still have people arguing. In the end, someone is going to make more money. It's not as interesting of a console yes. war, but it's we, we have console wars every generation. The war now is not about... The, the the physical media, the war now is not about the controller types because controllers. I mean, geez, they're they're so similar. They have all, all the same things now. Uh, all these consoles, and it's not but, even about exclusives really the, anymore. The war is about what are the what's the online service like? What are the features like? Uh, is there going to be DRM on my system or not? You know, that's what the war is now. The war is those few minor things that are distinguishing the Xbox system versus the PlayStation system. Which to right. me, that's why. That's why. It, and I'm really glad that Xbox took a huge hit because of the DRM bullshit they try to, yeah. you know, pull over. No, and and that's the reason why they they basically, they, if, if not totally lost, they're losing this generation, uh, you know, to Sony. I, I hate to say it because I am going to sound like a fanboy and whatever. Fuck you in the comments. Um, but I mean, I I have a PS4 and I have a Wii and I like them both. And as a business person. I want to see our Xbox Ones sell, but I do chuckle every time an Xbox One sits on the shelf for three weeks and a PS4 is gone in three days. I mean, it just it makes me laugh because I have never, especially not, not in retail, I haven't seen a bungle that bad. Even when 360 and PS3 were out and PS3 was not doing very well in the beginning, mm-hmm. a PS3 would still sell within about a week. But people are just turned off from but, the Xbox. Yeah, the Xbox just does not move. And it goes back to what we said last week. These fucking idiots. The number one reason they're buying it. Brand. Oh, I like the brand. Okay, you're a dipshit. <laughs> um, I mean, so... Uh, off topic. Anyways, I, I still think there are console wars. Um, and those console wars always matter because because other companies learn from them. They, and they have to matter because the consumer wins when there's a war. Yes. When you have a monopoly, no one wins. Which right. is why when people... I don't know. I, I Even when I was a teenager... Uh, or, or younger, I never said, I never thought to myself, wow, I wish the Genesis didn't exist. Because then who would win? You'd have less games, less original games uh, to play, and there's no accountability then if there's a single company running things. Yeah, people... <laughs> people have, the, people have the, the blind loyalty to these bullshit things that 
don't, first of all, don't matter and don't benefit you to have. Do you realize to. Microsoft and the Xbox division don't give a fuck about you? <laughs> yeah, it's like, do do you, re- are realize, you getting a portion of the profits? Do you realize <laughs> Sony and the PS4 division don't fucking care that I just said I own a PS4? Like yes. they, they don't. No one. No, I mean, it, it, it doesn't matter. You are nothing but advertising for them when you get that heated well, and passionate. You're a about wallet. It. You're yeah. a wallet, and that and that's it. Yeah, you're a wallet that hopefully. Uh, by hook or by crook, you'll stay on their side. But when consumers went out, when there's more than one console to go for, yeah, I mean that's one of the main reasons I'm I'm bummed the Vita did so poorly. Was I love handhelds and I think the 3DS is fantastic. But I would have loved to have seen some yeah. competition. Yeah, thankfully the 3DS is, is fantastic. But, but still, but competition it, it, yes. would have been good. Competition, yeah, competition is always good. Just in case Nintendo did something really effed up you have the competition that said okay we're going to adjust and do the opposite right and that's why we missed wcw (laughs) okay yes it's true um speaking uh, speaking of of stuff to get us riled up about um a couple of picks came out for i know we're looking forward to batman vs superman dawn of justice directed by the the honorable Zack snyder but they've released a couple of picks the past few weeks. You, you drank a lot of that, right? That was a lot. That was a big, yep, big that goal. was a big goal. Um, so they released the uh, Jason Momoa as Aquaman. A couple Jason weeks ago. Momoa as Aquaman looks awesome. This is the one DC movie I will go see. Married to the lovely Lisa Bonet. We always forget that Cosby kid. And then uh, Jesse Eisenberg, which was people were at the time were saying this is a strange choice uh, to be Lex Luthor, Luthor, but they they showed him and he is bald, the shaved head. That's how you're bald, no skin cap, and. Um, People are like, wow, you know, this this looks this looks like it could be decent, but they are forgetting that there's a story that has to be in this movie, yes, and direction of actors, yes, and drama, yep. That that's what a movie is, not just characters or people that look cool in a, in a still shot, yeah. You know, so that's that's where I'm like, I'm not saying it's going to be a bad movie. I know you have your opinion already, set in stone, but let's <laughs> let's be really careful, even if a cool trailer comes out. Let's be really careful about where this is heading. A cool trailer is two minutes long. A movie is two hours long. Yeah. Um, especially if that's going to be two hours where uh, 45 minutes of it is people getting thrown through buildings. So, I mean... <laughs> yeah. I fucking... There was some guy in the, 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 the thread, the comment threads, who was like, oh, but it's okay when the Avengers do it. And it's like... You dumb shit. Did they watch the movie? Yeah. <laughs> Did they watch that it was a huge alien invasion? Yeah. And, like, it'd be impossible for them not to have any damage right. versus a one-on-one fight? They're, like, they're also not nearly as morally, um, like, aligned on the compass as, say, Superman Well, that's is. not the point, though. Yeah. Superman has the power to bring the fight to the moon. They couldn't yeah. bring the fight against thousands of aliens anywhere else. And plus, they did try to save... Uh, people multiple times yes, moving people away. Why are we talking about someone in the comments doesn't know what the hell they're talking about? Because it's, it's humorous. <laughs> okay, I guess you're right. Yeah, it's very funny. So, so he's still not still not going to see the movie. I'm going to see it at a grim cur- curiosity. Frank has zero interest. It's like it's funny about Frank is that I think Frank uh, I have to remind him every two three months that Ben Affleck's Batman. He like keeps forgetting for some reason. He loves the Nolan trilogy so much. He thinks Dark Knight Rises is one of the best movies ever. You go see the movie. Frank and I will smoke knots and birdwatch. <laughs> oh, okay. okay, is that right, what it yeah. is? Yeah. That, more entertaining. That, that's you, what we'll do. You can imagine your own Batman vs Superman <laughs> movie. Yeah. Uh, speaking of announcements, uh, a lot of speaking of segues. Speaking of speaking of, well, we knew when Disney bought the rights to Star Wars and, and Lucasfilm for four billion dollars, you know, a couple of years ago, that they were going to make movies. 
But did, I, we, did we know they were going to pump them out at such an alarming rate? No, we did not know this. If, if, if these movies were blood, the person would be dead. So this is what's so surprising, because going back to the uh, episode 4, 5, and 6, and 1, 2, and 3, Star Wars movies came out once every three years, almost like clockwork. Three okay. years, three years, three years. Or three or three years for the first sequel, three years. Episode 8 is already announced to come out, which is actually a really cool time for it to come out. It's going to come out on the 40th anniversary, just about almost to the day of the original Star Wars, uh, May 2017. Okay. It's going to be... Episode 8, only a year and a half. I was going to say, when the fuck is Episode 7 coming out? This, this Christmas, 2015. Already. Oh. Oh, see, you're already like, wow, it's already this Christmas? What? It's seven, it's eight, nine months away? Oh. See, I... aren't you like shocked by that? You're like, what? But that's the whole point. The whole point is that it's only going to be a year and a half between Episode 7 and 8. It almost doesn't feel, I don't want to say it doesn't feel right, but holy shit. That's a really quick turnaround for a movie as uh, effects-laden, especially as Star Wars, which means they're already going to be filming uh, almost back-to-back to get it done. The only thing I can say is, is I believe the Lord of the Rings movies came out every two years. No, they were every year, but they were shot simultaneously. They were every year. Well, that's what I'm wondering. I'm one. So, okay, I thought that, I thought it was every two, but it was every year. So, I'm wondering if these are just being shot simultaneously. No, they're not because they have different directors and oh, really? writers for them. Yep. That's right, they do. So the episode... <laughs> you're trying to... The episode, I'm trying to put a positive spin on this. No, but, I think... I think. Well, I'm actually glad they're getting different directors because no, no, that me, worked out well for the first trilogy. Sure. Uh, I just think it's... That's really fast to be pumping them out. They, they, that means that episode 8's already being written right now and they're going to start shooting it later in the, in the year. Right and then now. we get this Yoda fucking movie. And then we get Rogue One. Yo, I didn't hear about a Yoda movie. I heard about Rogue One. What Yoda movie? What? Uh, what? Look it up, wasn't it? I thought that was announced along with Seven, was that they were going to do a, a movie based entirely on Yoda. No, Rogue One. Because they said they were okay. going to do... They said they were going to do... The episodic movies, and and then, uh, and then other movies, yeah. including movies that were based on specific characters. I thought Yoda was one of them. I could be wrong. The only thing announced right now is, uh, obviously, which you didn't realize since the trailer came out already, but Episode 7 is going to be this December, and then Episode 8 is going to be... I watched uh, that trailer. I just, I, I just May, I know. blocked that out. May 2000, it's like May 25th or 26th, 2017, is Episode 8, and then in between that, December of 2016 is going to be this, the first standalone Rogue One, which means it's being written right now, which means it'll probably be filmed later this year already. That's biz- it just it just blows our mind. That's what the way it's going to work going forward is that before one Star Wars film even comes out around the same time, another is going to be already be filmed by a whole different cast you know, and crew. It's just that's well, the way it's going to be. You know, I mean, I guess when you think about the Marvel Cinematic Universe and how that works, I mean, we're not really talking about any. We're not really talking about a a. a um, a schedule that's any more crunched than that. I guess just when you think about the the episodic movies, that would be like Avengers one and then Avengers two and then Avengers three being so close together. But look like look like Marvel Studios though, more, more like that. How they the big Avengers movies and everything else in between. In between. So I mean, I, I, I it when I think about it more, it's it's less weird, but, but still, they're not going to be linked, uh, probably directly, which which is better news. Episode seven and eight. No, I mean the standalones versus oh, seven. Yeah, eight, yeah, yeah. Which basically means that yeah, you don't have to worry about the crunch as much. Cool. You, you can have different directors doing it. You can have them do their own standalone vision because you know uh, it's the galaxy's really big, obviously, and you know different stuff's going on. You know, truth of the matter is, I don't much give a fuck about Star Wars, but I oh, I do. I still think done well. It's great. It's not sci-fi. It's fantasy. People, I'm not going to get that argument, but it's great fantasy. Oh, it's definitely not sci-fi. Yeah, people understand. People call it sci-fi. I don't know what sci-fi is. Anyway, um. But it, it's just... Oh, it's going to be... Um, 
so they announced who's going to be. Uh, so the director and writer is going to be Rian Johnson, who did a Looper. Uh, he did that movie, which supposedly was pretty good. Um, Don't know. That was that was the time travel one with uh, Joseph Gordon. No, I mean I, I, I know Wilson. what it is. I just you know, man. But he's known to be he's a solid director, okay. and he has his own vision for stuff. So there you go. All right, you're going to do episode eight. So Abrams, you're just going to do the one. You're not going to do all three. Which you know, I prefer that. I prefer uh, versus getting one person logged down and having total control or having having a whole having a cohesive story laid out, but then having someone fresh and getting. Well, I I loved I loved seeing multiple takes on the Alien universe too. See, you, you know, you, you I can't mean, imagine having uh, Ridley Scott do all of them. No, and I mean, and 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 Ridley Scott's maybe my favorite, but I I don't know that I would want him to do all three. I'm actually more interested in these standalone movies because I think they'll be a little riskier. Supposedly, uh, Rogue One might be like a, uh, or maybe this is one, but they want to do like a high Star Wars film. That could be very uh, interesting. Uh-huh. They can do maybe a, uh, people always talk about like a mercenary or mercenaries film. That could be cool. They can do one about about them uh, actually. Actually, that's one I, d- I did hear about that they're throwing around about one just about getting the Death Star plans. Like one movie just about them getting Death Star, so they can go back in time. It doesn't have to all be in the same timeline. Timeline so seven, eight, nine. That's I, cool. I would actually probably watch that so you, one. you can have a movie set in the old republic even though that's not canon anymore because Disney said it's not canon but but you can it opens you up to a lot more that you can do versus okay when you hear star wars episode seven eight nine you kind of know there's going to be a sith lord there's going to be a couple jedi there's going to be a space battle uh, and we know exactly how it's going to play out over the movies versus all right this is going to be a heist film or this is going to be a, a one-off uh mercenary film this okay. one's a musical Okay, well, we already had that. We had the Star Wars Christmas special. That True, was we did. <laughs> but you see what I mean? It gives you more options. So while uh, Disney can always make the huge amount of monies, and monies, well, there will be a huge amount of monies, uh, off of 789, and you kind of know, okay, we kind of know that 789 is going to be a self-contained story splayed out. Now, though, we can do whatever the hell we want here. And even if they screw up on these standalones, it doesn't affect that main saga. Right. So they kind of have their cake and eat it, too, which is smart. I'm just surprised, again, that we're going to have three three Star Wars movies within a year and a half. That's just... just I still, I still can wrap my head around that. Like I said, it, it blew my mind until I realized that we have how many Marvel movies in a year and a half. Well, three, usually. Yeah. So, I, I mean... But, it, that, but they established that, though, versus... Yeah. Star Wars, but it's Disney. Well, I, yeah, but I mean, we're, we're talking completely changed hands. We're under Disney now. It, it, it makes sense for them to put it on the same sort of um, schedule as sure. they do everything else. So it looks like I might have to go back and watch those last few seasons that well, I didn't watch. The same that I didn't watch? Like, like, like yeah. Seven, eight, and nine? Because uh, <laughs> X-Files is coming back for six more episodes. And um, David Duchovny and... Uh, Jillian Anderson. Anderson, um, the lovely Jillian Anderson. Yes, are on board, and uh, I love X Files. We've talked about this before, but I am an early season X Files fan. I stopped probably around season five or six. I think everyone gave season six a go because it, because it came after the movie, and people were like, oh, they're going to tie up the, the the movie. Yeah, but they never did. And then I dropped out at season seven, like most people did. Right then. The company left for season nine, which supposedly was a pretty good season. Still, it was funny because I, I know a lot about the first five seasons or so, and people were like talking about, "Oh, well, they're going to bring up Scully and Mulder's kid." I'm like, "They had a kid? What? I missed. I must have missed that season." You know, like at that point, I was. But out. see, that's the, like I don't know. It's like it, it, in my boredom, you know. I'll watch them though. In, yes, exactly. In my boredom. I sometimes find it really hard to focus on something. Like, I'll turn on my synthesizers and I'll turn them off. I'll pick up a book and I'll put it down. So, you know. 
maybe I'll find the urge to sit down and watch the rest of X Files that I didn't, so that I can watch these six episodes. Because honestly, as cool as this is, what's the point in watching these if you if you're not caught up? But I think they're gonna. I think they're gonna start anew though and do their own little six, you know, like mini series. Oh really? See, yeah. I mean, I w- if I, they can confirm that, then fuck it. I'm not going back to watch. What well, I did you watch. did you see the second movie? I still haven't, I still haven't seen Fight the Future, and that came out like 2008. It's been like uh, six years, seven years since that came out. I think my parents saw it, and I think even my parents were upset with it. <laughs> but, but that's what I mean, though. It's like they they tarnished the franchise by not. Well, Chris Carter tarnished the, the franchise by not giving, giving it a proper close. And I already spoke about how they. They screwed up by not doing the mine invasion yes. thing in 2012. Mine invasion, mine calendar ending alien invasion. I wonder if they're going to bring that up. Be like, hey, why didn't that happen? That was the prediction. Are they going to reset it or maybe do something clever? Well, the Gregorian calendar was off, or the mine calendar. Was off. I don't know. The whole point is, is that we don't know where this is going to go. If this is going to be six standalones or just one huge story, like uh, then have the standalones. In, you know what I mean? Like have like the overarching plot with standalone stuff for a few of them. We want to see a few Monster of the Weeks. We want to see a couple conspiracies in there. You know what I mean? We want... Well, we're only, we only get six episodes. We can't be too greedy. You can you can do six hours and do a conspiracy in six hours. Of... You can, but I don't know if you can get your Monsters of the well, Weeks in there. Actually, you don't know this is going to be... Maybe those be, these will be two-hour episodes or hour and a half. You don't know. That... First hour is Monster of the Week. Second episode is Conspiracy. You can't start with Monster of the Week. You got to bring Okay, it Conspiracy or... and then Monster of the Week. Conspiracy, Monster, Conspiracy, Monster. <laughs> okay, you know what I mean? You get three of each. So, so I'm happy this will be in the fall. Uh, and who knows? The cool thing about this is I prefer this because now, maybe if this does well, you do another six episodes a year or two later. You know what I mean? Like, it's a lot easier to get this done. It's a, lot less it fina- it's a lot less financial risk. The stories are always tighter. Like, when you see British series that are usually only six episodes limited, they're always better because... Faulty Towers, for instance, which everyone took my fucking comments on the wrong way. Um, you know, the original British Office, you know, things oh, like the British these. Office pushed the U.S. on the shame. Yes, yeah. it does. These are great shows, and these are shows that are incredibly short. Uh, Faulty Towers is like 10 or 11 episodes, maybe 12, and the British Office is no more than that, maybe 13 plus an hour-long Christmas special. Yeah, Derek on Netflix, uh, another Ricky Gervais, which I've seen the first season, was excellent. They, they only did two seasons. I did one or two specials they're making right now, and that's it. You know, you can do a good series in only 13, 14, 15, 15 episodes, as long yeah. as the writing is um, tight. Anime tends to, I mean, anime tends to follow the same rules, too. A lot of the really good anime will only run for, say, 26 episodes. Mm-hmm. And those are the ones that I tend to like, not the ones that go on for hundreds of episodes. Sure. So. So, um... I heard about this last year, I think, at Comic-Con, about a movie called Pixels coming out. At the time, I didn't know what it meant or what it would entail, besides obviously it would be about video games. We just knew it was video game I, I heard rumors that it would be something retro game related. So the trailer to Pixels came out, starring uh, uh, Adam Sandler, who I have opinions about. Um, and you also have, it's, it's strange, you have well, well, him and Kevin James almost do all the movies together. Now. They're, like, they're like the new Abbott and Costello almost, uh, except without any of the humor. Okay, I was going to hit you. You're, okay, you're going to hit the hat, or hit me. Uh, and then you have Michelle Monaghan, Peter Dinklage, Josh Gad, who's now the replacement, it seems, for Jonah Hill in these movies. It's like it's like Josh Gad's like the new version. Like He's like where Jonah Hill was five years ago before he started doing serious stuff. Sure. Josh Gad. Not saying he's a bad actor, but, you know. Uh, and then Brian Cox, who I love, is, is going to be in this. So this is a movie where, um, I guess... Uh, we broadcast out somehow into space the fact that we play video games or that gets out there and so the aliens interpret that as I guess a way to attack us with the inspiration of using they send a rocket with all of our culture up into space 
Including video games, which, and, which and they never games. did when they sent the, when they sent those out in the, what the seventies and sixties. They didn't put video game stuff in there because it didn't exist. But they sent out stuff about our human language. And have you ever seen a Voyager? I mean, have you ever read about the Voyager Gold Record? Oh, I've read about it. It's yeah. amazing. I mean, it even has pictorial instructions on how to make a crude record player so you can play the record. Oh, I didn't know. It actually tells you how to make a record player. There's a very in case- there's there's very in the center of it there's very crude instructions on how to uh, attach a needle to something and then run it and across. then kind of like put a, a cone on it and then basically to yeah to move it around. I have a feeling that whoever discovers that's going to be like we we can we we know we we did this a billion years ago. Like, you know what I mean? We have nothing to put this in. Yeah. Like, exactly. <laughs> like like come on, we, where's our iPod? Anyhow. But anyway, so you're going to have, um, from the trailer, you have Pac-Man attacking. It looks like you have Donkey Kong. You have, it looks like uh, the ostriches from Joust. Is that, it looks, does that look correct? Um, so we're talking old, old school games. Uh, you're probably going to have Space Invaders in here. Uh, there's Well, I mean, the, the ship is a, is a, is a Galaga um, fucking boss ship in the, in the trailer that comes down. It's the one that shoots the waves and pulls you up. So uh, my thoughts on this is that it could be fun. I mean, I, I guess they got the inspiration from... I mean, you, you had stuff like Wreck-It Ralph come out in the past few years. I mean, we're of the age now that either we have families, start to have families, we want our kids to come see this. So retro gaming is now obviously cool. It's in the mainstream. of Obviously, if you have a freaking Adam Sandler doing it. Oh, there's Pong Paddles. I forgot about that. Um, so my issue with this, though, is that it's going to be an Adam Sandler movie versus them incorporating retro game elements. You know, because to me, Adam Sandler hasn't been funny. He's barely been funny but he has been funny and, and you know since punch drug love to me you know uh so that's my problem and kevin james i have issues w- w- with him as well uh, he, yeah i mean my thing with 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 pixels is um i don't think the trailer is nearly as bad as everyone made it out to be i actually no. think it's kind of cute in spots no i like the pac-man creator talking to it that's probably that's the, not really him but yeah but, but I, I don't think so anyways. but the fact that they got a guy yeah. to play him yes that's funny to me. It was cute. Um, the Donkey Kong stuff was cute. The thing is, is I hate Kevin James. I can't stand him. I think he's one of the least funny people out there. Um, and then Adam Sandler. I've never been a huge fan of Adam Sandler. I did like uh, Billy Madison and Happy Gilmore uh, to a degree. But his style of humor has never particularly been my thing. But I'm, I'm kinder to him than I am um, than, than, than most people are. But it's just not a leading cast that's really exciting to me. No, Sandler S- sleepwalks through these comedies now once a year, and then it's just like, okay, something whack is going to happen, a pratfall, he's going to fall down, someone's going to get hit in the head. That's not comedy to me. But yeah, Sure, but I, I can't shit all over this, and uh, people are probably going to be surprised <laughs> that, that bitter old fucking Ian Ferguson is you know not shitting yeah. on pixels, but I can't do it. You know what's funny? We talked about the Ghostbusters movie, and I was trying to explain Miss, Melissa McCarthy to you. Uh-huh. Melissa McCarthy is just a female version of Kevin James. I, I don't care. But I'm just saying, that's... that's so. That's, yeah, I, I, you've said that, but it still means nothing to me, because I've never seen her in anything. But the reasons you don't like Kevin James, she does the exact same sort of humor as him. I just don't like Kevin James. Oh, you don't like him personally? He just doesn't do anything. I mean, everyone paints out, and I still don't know who she is, everyone paints out Melissa McCarthy to be this, you know, slapstick, blah, blah, blah type of, you know, whatever person who falls and does shit. that's what Kevin James does. No, Kevin James just bores me to fucking tears. But when he's Paul Blart Mall Cop, he slides in the ground and falls off Yeah, but I've never seen that movie, because I I know better. (laughs) But that's his comedy type, though. And and he's done things to that prior that that weren't in that style. Or King of Queens, you're talking about. Yeah. That was his sitcom that he got uh, big off of. And I hated King of Queens. Oh, okay. I thought it was 
one of the worst sitcoms I've ever tried to see. Well, through. most sitcoms are, are one of the are worst. Awful, yes, yes, but this one was was really. See, I, uh, we we had a whole conversation about that. Fuck it, continue. <laughs> uh, so, I don't know what to say about this, but I think this will be. I think people will go into this seeing it as, oh, this will be cool. You know, because remember, we're into retro games. Most of the population isn't. So this could be like, oh, wow, I remember, I remember playing Donkey Kong 30 years ago. I'm like 40 years old now. Maybe I'll go see it. Or I'm a business guy. I'm 35 years old. I remember, remember playing, uh, you know, Pac-Man. What's interesting, though, is that to its detriment or not, no, nothing, oh, I guess Donkey Kong's Nintendo, but we're not, you don't see Mario in here. Uh, Nintendo probably nicks the idea of anything they really have, a, you know, a tight hold on of being in the movie. Sure, but you don't, you don't need it because you just describe the audience that's going to go see this. Sure, and and really, these these icons from eighties um, arcade games are probably the best choices because everyone knows them. Young kids know them because now young kids want to know everything about video games, and their parents know them because that's what their parents grew up playing. Does does it bother you at all? That they are turning, I guess, even the trailer, they're turning beloved video game characters into villains. Does that bother you in some sort of weird level to see Pac-Man be this bad guy, or is that cute? I'm just, I'm, I don't know. It doesn't bother me at all. Like no. how, how people were offended about Denny's uh, Atari games. Yeah, no, but, but to, to me, it's it's it, it's it's part of a silly plot, and I thought it was cutesy to see Pac-Man angry. Oh, that's all. Pac-Man, Pac-Man's cute. So, I will say this. I'm fairly certain that Pixels is going to be much better than the next movie we're going to talk about. And the next movie we're going to talk about is Mallrats 2. I'll go. Here's the thing. Mallrats is the only Kevin Smith movie I can still go back to regularly. Thank God you said that because that's the only Kevin uh, Smith movie that I actually adore. Let, let's, let, let's, let's run through them. Clerks... Good fine. ideas, it's fine. bad acting, it's fine. It's fine. I can, it's, I, it's I can still watch it. for 25000 I can yeah. still watch yeah. it once in a blue moon. Mallrats. My life for two years. Yes. Summed up Mine in too. A, summed yes. up in a movie perfectly. I, I know he hated it. I know it was pretty much everyone's least favorite. It is my... I could probably recite Mallrats from start to finish. You don't understand. Obviously, I'm from Jersey. The fact that I know they mentioned Menlo Park Mall, which was where I was a mall rat. Yes, and the fact that they went to the Route One flea market, yes. which I went to. I know that's what that alone. It's immortalized for me. That alone. It's it's a movie about slacking, yes, smoking weed, fucking, and basically doing everything that everyone wanted to do in their teenage years. And doing nothing at the mall was and what you did for seven hours yes. on a Saturday. And that is what I did. Yes. And that is what you did. We should and do a whole is, topic on that. That is what we all... I mean, that's yes. what a lot of us did. So I, I like Mallrats because of all the movies Smith wrote, it's the one that resonated with me the most. I thought the jokes were funny, and it didn't have to be a piece of art. It just was what it fucking was. I mean, quintessential... I snuck in to see Mallrats at age, like, 13 <laughs> or 14 at the mall movie theater. Like, I mean, that's that's why I loved it so much. So, you know, I, I mean, he did... He, so, real quick, he did... Chasing Amy. Chasing Amy, which... Uneven, I, I thought. Uh, very uneven. Ending was really strange. Yeah, too strange. And that's why I can't ever go back to it. Uh, Dogma, interesting take on the religious topic. I'll not, I, I just can't watch it anymore. Um, no subtlety to it. No, no, not at all. Very ham-fisted. Uh, Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. Uh, good stoner comedy. If you were at that point, uh, 
it, familiar with his previous work. It's a garbage movie. But it's you can't watch it if you certainly can't watch it if you haven't seen his other stuff. It's a garbage movie. Um, I, I don't. And know I, saw, I, I saw it in theater. I did theaters. too. I don't know that I'd go that far. Uh, Clerks two, no. Um, I I like some of Clerks too, but I think a, a lot of it's cloying, uh, especially like the oh come to Florida with me to join my business, and it's like I don't think she would go for a guy like you. Like it, it just it was too forced. It was too much of a an old rehash of the first movie, but it was just my problem is this: Kevin Smith movies, starting with like Jay and Silent Bob Strikes Back and Clerks Two, all they're doing is trying to tug at the heartstrings of his his fans that he already has. Um, Not counting the ones like the Bruce Willis bad cop movie he did. Well, yeah, I mean, I know he's yeah. I, I'm talking about the stuff that would fall under the, the, the tri-state, the, 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 the tri, the yeah. tri-state, you know, area. Um, I just my problem with Mallrats too, and this is going to make me sound old. Is it's just not going to have the feel that Mallrats one did. Mallrats one perfectly captured being a Mallrat in the '90s. Modern Mallrats, it's it's a does it exist? I don't even think they exist because malls have mostly. Uh, they're still malls. The big know, ones survive. No, but, but they they mostly um, kick you out if you're not doing anything and you're like a, a teenager and it's between a certain hour and a certain hour. The security guards will kick you out. I just I don't know what kind of story or setting they really have anymore. To me, it's not that interesting. Malls have changed drastically since the '90s. Um, I'm just looking at his other filmography. Yeah, his non-view skewerverse stuff is Jersey Girl. Ugh. Zach and Mirror make a porno. No, cop out. Terrible. Red State. I heard mixed things on Red State. Uh, I haven't heard about this horror film Tusk he did, and then he announced Clerks Three is also doing, and a couple other uh, Clerks movies. Three. Uh, that I don't mind. Uh, if it if it's different than the second and first one, like they're not actually working all the time, like. There's a way to do it, but I don't know if he's clever enough to do it. And that's coming. I know that, to me that might sound pretentious, but I think there's a way to do that um, and have it be original and fresh. Uh, but I do, I do like the news that I guess it's announced that Jason Lee will be returning for Mall Rats too. Again, though, this is 20 years later. Is it going to be like the mall is gone because it takes place in Jersey? Right. The big malls are still there in Jersey. New Jersey, I always say, is the mall uh, is a mall capital world per capita because. In New Jersey, there's like whatever. Well, at least 20 years ago, there was like probably seven million people, six million people. There was like 15 to 20 huge malls in this tiny state. Right. Like you don't understand. Like I lived close to Woodbridge, Woodbridge Center, and Menlo Park Mall were literally a five minute drive from one another. And at the time, Woodbridge Center was like the third biggest uh, mall in the country. And then five minute drive again was another not huge but really big mall, and both did fine being that close. That's what New Jersey was. Every township, uh, whether it's Ocean Township, uh, whether it was Bergen County, had at least one or two really big malls. I believe it. Buffalo, I mean, especially since people would drive in uh, from the ridiculous sales tax they had in New York. I think it was like twelve percent or whatever. They would drive in the weekends just to the malls to shop in New Jersey. Again, though, nowadays with the internet, you can just shop online. You don't have to worry about sales tax a- as much. You know, stuff like that. So it'll be interesting if they do a spin on, well, maybe malls are, are dying out. Hell, there's a website, I forget what it is, where it's like deadmalls.com or something, where it's just pictures of all these malls that even 15, 20 years ago were big. They're now abandoned. You know, they're, they're out of business. So it'll be interesting if they take, again, is he clever enough to take it in a different direction besides rehashing you know, Clerks 2, Versus Clerks Three, Mulrats Two versus Mulrats One. That that's the big the big question mark. I don't know. I felt like I, I just feel like the first one should be left alone. I mean, for years he trashed that movie, and now I feel like he's going back to it because it's like, hey, 
money. Well, I think I don't know if he realizes it, but maybe you know he, he does a certain type of movie, and that's what he's limited to. You know, he's not Scorsese, obviously. Right. You know, he's not Kubrick, but he can do these little movies for his 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 fan base that I was once a, you know a big part of. You know, but Mallrats too. We'll see what happens with it. So on to something a bit more somber. Um, a we have another passing of a wrestler this past uh, weekend, I believe. Um, not going to dwell on this part for too long, but Paro Aguayo Jr. passed away during a tag team match that Rey Mysterio Jr. was involved in. Um, he died of a stroke and heart attack associated with a broken neck. Oof. It took medics about a minute and a half to two minutes to get to the ring. About 50 seconds to get to the ring, about two minutes before the match fully stopped, even though people knew things were happening. Yeah, that's what the weird part about it is. Um, and that's a shame, because Paro Aguayo Jr. is not a nobody. Paro Aguayo Jr. was one of the biggest heels in uh, Mexico. Um, his father wrestled and was well-known. He was very well-known. This is not a death of a small-time Mexican wrestler. This is a death of someone quite literally on on the level of of WWE's top card, a a Triple H dying. Um, And that just shows that there are, quite honestly, very, very real risks that come with wrestling. People like to make fun of it. Uh, people like to say it's fake, but um, the physical physicality of it uh, can lead to injuries and death. What I wanted to talk about more, uh, because it really got me thinking, uh, and and this uh, upset is probably too mild of a word, but I'm just trying not to get work worked up. Um, the way that we handle death and view death in the internet era. Because as soon as Aguayo Jr. passed away, um, people started flooding my Facebook page and my Twitter account. Uh, Not with articles, but with videos. And some of these people... You know, if there was a video that didn't autoplay attached to an article someone sent me, mm-hmm. they're they're. I mean, they're. I'm not. I'm not counting them in this. What I'm talking about is people who actively seek out videos of someone's death and then pass it on, and I think that's fucked. And whether you realize it or not, when you are doing it, you have to realize that that's fucked up, and you're fucked up. Why the hell would you send someone? A video of another human being's last moments alive just to convey something that you need to say. That's what written articles are for. I don't need to see him being pulled dead out of the ring. I don't need to see his body go fucking lifeless against the ropes. And I certainly don't think it's interesting or amusing. There's already people selling black market DVDs of this fucking match. Uh, and, 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 and it, it's, it's, it, it disgusts me and people who do this disgust me and it's, and I, I feel bad, but because, because it's a wrestler that, that brought this up to me because it was just it's something that I was inundated with. People know that I am, I care about wrestling, but it's the same sort of fucking sickos who hunt down videos of beheadings and shit like that. And 
dude, it doesn't make me want to leave the house. Yeah, I, I don't get. I don't get that. I, I, well, we can talk about lots of different things. There's, there's a whole psychology about people being having a morbid curiosity about death because uh, it is sort of that sort Ugh. of strange frontier that. Like you don't ever witness it up close, or usually don't. So people don't. It's an emotion that, uh, to put it simply, it's an emotion to see someone die that many people don't experience. Thankfully, um, you know. And then I think there's a reason why you don't want to experience it uh, regularly because it numbs you, it desensitizes you. Um, people people say that you know there's studies done. Um, I'm trying to connect this video games a little bit that when people play. When people play violent video games, um, th- there's no causation with uh, doing acts of violence, but there have been studies linking it to desensitizing you to violence. And I think that's not just movies, though. I think it's a culture in general that the more violent imagery you see or experience, it means less to you, it just, unfortunately. It just worries it doesn't, me so much that it, there are people who can't separate a fake person dying and a real person dead against the ropes. I, I think I think what happens is for whatever reason you see one, you see two, you get to the point where it doesn't you, you, you know how you feel sick when you see something die or something. Yeah. That feeling doesn't happen to those people anymore, unfortunately, which is very dangerous. I don't want to know those people. I really don't. Well, it's very dangerous just because um once you get to that point, yeah, there is no turning back because uh, and, and it's not something like oh you're a goody two show, shoes that you you don't want to watch it. It's not that. It's it, it's um, it's not just the whole thing about being disrespectful to the to the person involved. It's a, it's to me it's a part of the, your humanity to value. I hate to say it to value life enough that you don't want to see something like that on display. Yeah, I don't. I, I don't want to see the same thing happen during uh, when we were in our, uh, Iraq when Zara Hari was beheading Americans and pe- and some people would try to spread the link, even even saying, "Oh, this is what, why we want, have to fight these monsters." I still don't want to see. I said, yeah. "Listen, I know someone was horrifically beheaded. I know someone was probably gasping on screen as their fucking you know trachea was being cut. They couldn't even scream. I don't. I can picture it in my head enough that I don't need to see it yeah. on film. It, it's horrific enough that I don't want to witness it. And then you know what? It it affects you whether you not like it or not. It's the same thing that if you're if you're in a war zone. And uh, I realized the whole time while I'm doing this podcast, I've had peanut butter on my shirt while eating a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. By the way, that's just the whole time. I figured it was blood. Um, but um. It affects you in this weird sort of a primitive way to experience uh, violence and death like that. And no, I, I mean, I understand the morbid curiosity. I just don't want to be a part of it. I, I just don't want to be a part of it. I just, I just, it's just weird to me. I just, I you don't, know? I don't ever want to see someone's fire extinguished. And Jesus Christ, yeah. I waited through so much of that. And like, it did affect me, but not in a desensitized way. Luckily, I mean, it, but it. You got, I, you got you been, upset. I've been nauseous for a week and a half, and that was not ha- that wasn't helping wasn't me. Helping that yeah. wasn't fucking I, helping. I think that the most I saw of it was, um, you know, it wasn't an automatically playing video, but it was an embed on an article, and you can just see the image was him on the ropes. But I didn't play the video. It's like, just That's, so, yeah, it's it's he's just so obviously gone. Yeah, yeah. Again, that's with anything. I mean, you have unfortunately, you have. I mean, hell, sometimes on Facebook, I see people posting ISIS pictures of like you know head, head, heads on stakes that they're, these fucking animals are doing. You know, and it's just you 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 want to try. You can't always avoid it, but you want to try to avoid it as much as possible, just so that you. I believe you want to keep that shred of uh, some sort of humanity. That I'm afraid that you lose it the more and more you watch this shit, and I truly believe that. 
Um, and for you in the, in the comment section or listening to this, maybe for you, you're like, oh, you're a pussy, you can't take it. Hey, that's your choice. I don't want to. I don't want to see it because I think to me, I'll lose a, a little piece. I'm not saying this be dramatic. I'm losing a little bit of piece of my soul every time I'm seeing something horrific like that. So, on something on a, on a much much lighter note, as uh, hopefully you're, you're feeling better. Uh, just or, go. Or, just go. So, Max Landis is the son of filmmaker John Landis. And uh, he wrote uh, Chronicle, that kind of superheroish movie that I forgot about. Who the guy who, who directed that's directing the new Fantastic Four. Um, he came out with a pretty clever video. And he actually did one a couple years ago, uh, and this is done in a mockumentary style. He did about the whole death and return of Superman with actors. He has connections in Hollywood. Uh, you know, he had Elijah Wood in it a couple years ago as one of the evil Supermen. And he came out with this one out of nowhere called uh, a new 24-minute uh, video. Wrestling isn't wrestling. And it was done without the knowledge or consent of WWE. Uh, total mockumentary style. Uh, wrestlers are all uh, females in this, representing men. Um, everything's on its head. It's very humorous. But it goes over the uh, career of, of Triple H from his start in WWE, then F from 94 up to like 2014. And yeah, I, I just wanted to say that it, it made the point that we at least try to make on the show to people that say, why do you like wrestling? And we, I've actually used some of the terms saying it's melodrama, you, you know, it's 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 superheroes in the middle of the ring. It's theater. It, it's theater. Exactly. It's live theater. Um, and he makes that point, um, but he also does it while explaining a, a character arc that if you just watch wrestling for six months, you may not realize it. But when he pulls it back over twenty years, it's like wow, this is actually fairly impressive. Right. When, that- you, when you pull it back to, to look at that. That was my favorite thing. Was I mean, I'm not, I'm not, I'm no huge Triple H mark, but he did pick a good character to run through. Um, sure. You know, especially when you know he describes the story as it really is. I mean, you know, you he took you, a little liberty here and there, but for the bit, most part, but, he was there. I mean, but you know, when you really do look at a story arc over 20 years, uh, you get a little creative liberty. And yeah, I mean, he, I mean, that is what Triple H was. But what was important was that he explained to the non-watcher that. Um, we are invested in this just like we are invested in your favorite TV show. We are invested in it like you are invested in your favorite comic or your favorite long-running book series. You know, these are not just two dudes or two gals, you know, getting in a ring and putting on a predetermined (laughs) match. These are, you know, people who are building stories that last Decades, And while not every transition into a new phase of that story may be smooth, as he did point out, you are looking at a weekly run show that is trying to tell, I mean, yeah. a, a ton of... of um, Mythology, yes. melodrama, character arcs, um, you, you know, uh, rivalries, allies... Yeah, again, this is a, it's a, it's a comic book on screen, and I think the interesting thing that he's pointing out is that in his video he almost focused nothing, like he says, wrestling is wrestling, almost nothing on the actual wrestling because when you look at good wrestling matches, the best ones ever, uh, for the most part, there's usually a fantastic story behind it. It's yeah. not just oh these guys put on a technical clinic for clinic for 30, 30 minutes. That can happen any week in America. That's that's a part of why we we watch wrestling, but that's not a hundred percent why we watch wrestling. Some of the greatest matches of all time uh, in, include stuff like uh, Steamboat versus Savage had a had a big backstory behind yep. that. 
that would not never if they didn't have that backstory would it have been a five star match probably not well one that I'd like to bring up is um, you know uh, Andre Hogan I was going to say that uh, not a great technical no. match by any means not technical at all watchable but it's not a great match. But, but it's the spectacle around but, but it. But it's the spectacle around it's the it. Build it, was, up. it was the build-up. And and yes, I mean I do watch NXT. Why? Because I prefer the actual in-ring action to WWE. But yeah, you cannot deny that the story is a large chunk of what makes you it. You need both. You do need both because you can go and watch, uh, you know, whatever um, an indie fed that's putting on great matches. But you don't always need both. I mean, Japanese wrestling has survived for years without much story. But they have a story. Well, they do. It's but it's the sto- but it's but it's the story of athletics. It, it's it's different. It, but it, they have they but they do have like the wins and losses matter mattering. And no, that's what I mean. But it, th- their story is the story of, of, of making this an athletic competition. Sure. Whereas here, it's more soap opera ish. Yes. So I mean, but but yeah, I mean, you know, you do need everything that surrounds wrestling to make wrestling work. Um, sure, you could sit me down in front of two people I've never seen wrestle before, and they could put on a great match, and I'll stand and I'll applaud, and I'll be like, "That was a really goddamn good match." Sure. But if there was a month of buildup before it, I'd probably like it a lot more. Sure, um, you know, some of the since WrestleMania is coming up, uh, some of the quote unquote five star WrestleMania matches is probably a handful, but Owen versus Brett. Yep. Big big story before that. Um, uh, the latter match, Shawn Michaels and Razor Ramon's story. Michaels coming back to uh, he, he left. For, I forget why he left, and then never lost a title. So they the, the, the true undisputed champion, the latter. So these aren't just like two guys thrown together. You know, that's what I mean. There, there's there's a, there's a mythology behind this. These are these are caricatures, and you know you have like a, like in the video showing like you have the badass character. You have a guy. Who's the underdog character over here? Like, and what I loved was when he flipped the wrestling isn't real thing on its head. When you know he's talking, he's you know like when uh, they have uh, Jamie and Adam on at the beginning. I'm like, you know, isn't that fake? You know, and he's ta- he talks about that for a little bit, but then you know he's talking and he's talking about you know the parts of the story he likes, and he's like, and then Triple H finds a sledgehammer and hits everyone, and then you wonder why isn't he going to jail? But you don't need to ask these questions. Because wrestling isn't real, you yes. know, and, and so I mean, there's two sides to that coin, you know. I mean, well, for me, it's it, it's all good because of that. But you know, I mean, to people who don't understand, well, these things need to be pointed out. Yes. Um, what's interesting is that I wonder now. Even even uh, Triple H in real life tweeted at him saying this is fantastic. Oh, he, did he really? Gets, yeah, and, and then I think Stephanie McMahon did the same thing started following, so they obviously appreciate this work, because this is the best advertisement for pro wrestling to a non-wrestling person I've, yeah, ever, yeah. I've ever seen, sure. honestly. This is just about, this has a million views in, in about a week. Yeah. Um, I think I sold the top comment. Nice. It's still real to me, damn it! I, I oh. saw. <laughs> so, what's interesting, though, is that I wonder if, I mean, this guy's done a screenplay Obviously, he has the pedigree to do it, to think about this stuff. The pedigree to do it? Well, from his father. <laughs> oh, oh, actually, I did. Hey! wish Frank was here in New Wrestling. He'd love that pun. <laughs> I, wow. It's only, that's why the only time I ever used the word pedigree on the show, and I had no idea. It actually made sense <laughs> with, with Triple H. Anyway, so he probably, this an, huge analysis of Triple H, I wonder if Triple H, in his head, wondered about this or knew about it or then saw this video and said, oh, actually, that makes sense. That explains my entire character over 20 years. Yeah, no, I wondered that too because, I mean, you know, it was, it was, it was, it was... Obviously the manipulative stuff. It, That's obvious. Yeah, it was, but it was fun enough, you know, and it was kind enough. 
um, that, yeah, I, th- I, I, I figured, you know, this is going to get to Triple H, and I wonder if Triple H is even going to look at some of this and be like, oh, hey, he's right about that. I'm talking more about the stuff like when, when he's like always feeling like trying to prove himself that he's, he's yes. he, like he's Shawn Michaels equal when he's not. Like, I wonder if that's stuff Triple H is like, shit, maybe I was, I was either subconsciously doing that or now it makes sense with the character. Or his great analysis, which I, I'm, I'm really surprised, I, or maybe they never thought about doing it when he said he doesn't like he didn't like Daniel Bryan doing the feud because he saw Daniel Bryan right, as being, being a, himself a, a B plus player. And I'm like, wow, if they said that during that feud, that would have made that feud even better. If Bryan said, "You, th- I'm what you think you uh, you really are," but don't admit it. You're the B plus player. You were never as good as The Rock. You were never as good as Stone Cold or Mankind or right. Shawn Michaels. And now now you're seeing looking at me. You're looking in the mirror. Like they never thought of that. I wonder. I wonder. I wonder if Triple H is now rethinking his career yeah. <laughs> because of, of Max Landis. Anyway, check out the video. There's lots of cool little in-jokes. If you know pro wrestling at all, and there's you'll a lot pick of, up a lot there, of stuff. There's a lot of fun cameos, too. There's a lot of... of yeah, um, Justin Roberts, that he used, to, he used to be the announcer only, like, what, four months ago. Yeah. He's in the video. I'm not going to blow the rest. I won't blow the rest, but there's pro wrestlers. There's, 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 there's celebrities. Yeah. I, I, there's there's big YouTubers that I don't know, but they're huge. And I'll just say one: Colt Cabana, who I love, is is there yeah. With, he's a shout out to Colt Cabana's uh, podcast, which is an excellent podcast. Um, and then I will I will give away uh, one. I'll give away one. There, there is a nice little shock master. That's all. I'll say. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and watch after the credits. Uh, yeah, watch after the credits. There's, there's a nice little thing there. You, but if you if you if you're listening to this and you're a wrestling fan, you've seen it already. Yeah, probably. But if you're not a wrestling fan, if you're the person that turns off the podcast usually right now, at least watch it because it's entertaining to see how ridiculous pro wrestling can be. Told again, gender reversal over a 20 year period. It's worth it for that alone. <sighs> and then. Uh, this I know I said I was going to talk about WrestleMania, but I will talk about something that's connected. Brock Lesnar has officially resigned for three years. He's not going back to MMA. He was interviewed on ESPN and announced that he's like, "Hey, I'm 37. Those days are probably behind me. I don't want to get beat up. I'm, I have a nice schedule for three years. I like wrestling. This is what I want to do." And I know you have a problem with that, but I think it's a fantastic decision for no, everyone involved. No, not necessarily. <laughs> it could eliminate one of my biggest problems, and that's him being a part-timer and never showing up. Oh, he'll still be a part-timer, but for three years. Then I then I don't see this as anything but He's bullshit. not going to wrestle every week again. He'll wrestle probably six, five, six times a year, I, I bet you. Then, I, then, then to me, I, this, is, this is not a good sign. Uh, this is... Well, here's 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 the thing. It this, makes WrestleMania more interesting. Oh yes, because it's not a foregone conclusion that Lesnar's going to lose. It, it, right, it's up in the air now. Yeah, that if they're going to because Lesnar's been getting really big face pops, uh, more than Roman Reigns has, uh, which is because people don't like the character of Roman Reigns; they like the Lesnar character. Oh, Jesus Christ, I'd root for fucking Lesnar over Reigns. Yeah, and you're and you're on the, the minority of not liking Lesnar as a performer. So that's. Even if you're even doing that, then everyone wants Lesnar to win. But it's important, though, because they can now get away with keeping the the uh, unified heavyweight championship belt as a special attraction that doesn't have to be defended every pay-per-view. For better or for worse, they've already done this for the past seven months, that, hey, Lesnar's defending it only once every two months. That means, and this is this might get me watching... Uh, earlier than later, if they raise the status of the U.S. belts and the Intercontinental titles again, which I think they're going to do, 
and have those defended and make those as important as 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 they were 20 25 years ago as as the world belt that's good news because sure. then you'll have three very major important feuds going on at once where one might be in the background but at least you have these two up front it, whether you like it or not if you have John Cena defeat Rusev no. and get that U.S. belt and do major feuds with that belt, that raises the status of that belt. If Daniel Bryan wins the Intercontinental title, even though I don't like the fact that they pushed him into mid-car hell, um, if he wins that IC belt and holds it for six, seven months and puts on the best matches, that belt now has the luster again it didn't have. And that's only good news for no, it the is. importance of the wrestling on the I, show. I think we've talked about it on here before, but I've certainly said it to you, and I've said it to Vani, and I've said it to other people, that if, if, if WWE really wants to hold my attention, they need to make the, the mid-card belts mean something yes. again. Um, the only place I disagree with you is that I do not want Cena to win that U.S. title. If Cena doesn't win, then they have to make sure they have to then feed Rusev top top uh, faces. Then they have to keep feeding. Yeah, him. no, obviously they do. But, but I, there's no one left to feed him though. That's the only problem. He's gone through uh, Cena already once. Uh, you know, Jack Swagger a billion times. Who can they do it to without ruining them? Unless it's someone like Ziggler that they put on like a four and a half star match over twenty five thirty minutes. You know, like. They're going to run out of options before he has to eventually lose. The problem with having uh, an unbeaten streak is that you have to lose eventually. Like that's the problem with that. Yeah, but the yeah. other thing is, is this belt is turning Rusev face and it's turning Cena heel. Cena's been getting face pops though, defending the U.S. Believe it or not, he's been getting the best pops and in calling a while. women whores and shit like that. Way to go! Well, he hasn't done that since in a while. What, like two weeks ago, three weeks ago. Either way, he's getting face pops for the first time because he's actually been "quote unquote" ruthless for the first time in like you know seven years. And being yeah, a, but I, either way, I'm still not watching WrestleMania because to me the most interesting match is between a 45 and 56 year old. But um, yep. <laughs> but I'm still not going to watch. But at least Lesnar resigning gives you that special attraction going forward. That let's face it, WWE needed that because because they realize they realize Reigns isn't ready for prime time. They must have realized that, uh, and then. You know, they can use Lesnar then to feud with other guys and build them up versus if Lesnar gave the rub to Reigns uh, by, by losing cleanly and then Lesnar goes away, then Reigns doesn't pan out and gets booed to hell. It makes their decisions over the past year even worse, having him be- beat the streak, destroy Cena at SummerSlam. They have to keep him around, I think, just, just in case alone. And hell, they can they can do the Daniel Bryan-Lesnar match then. That's going to happen down the line. That's what makes me happy. You'll get Dave versus Goliath, maybe at SummerSlam or Survivor Series, or hell, have Daniel Bryan win the Rumble next year and then do it. Wonder how many suplexes are in Fire Pro and how many different versions of Lesnar I can make doing only <laughs> Germans. Well, there's the rolling German, there's the triple German in Fire Pro, there's the, there's the release German. There's, there's like the 20 Germans <laughs> in that fucking game. Little too many Germans. All right, let's go. Q&A time on the CU Podcast, as Ian burps. Got a question for CU Podcast? I see far more gold Zelda cards than gray Zelda cards. Is the gray more rare? Um, we basically chose to answer this one just because it's a really common question. It's a really fucking weird question. Uh, everyone, not every, lots of people who come into the store with the gold card, they're like, I've got a Zelda in here, and it's gold. And I'm like, yeah, and gold's really common. Yes, the gold cartridges are far more common than the gray cards. If I have a stack, and I don't because they sell too fast, but back when I did, if I had a stack of 10 Zeldas, 
I might have one gray. I would say I was ready maybe, to say I, maybe. I was ready to say fifteen to one ratio. Yeah, fifteen if not to one. More. No, that's fine. That's I, I would um, agree with that because they re-released it in I, ninety-two. It was ninety-two. I was saying ninety-one. Ninety-two, along with re-releasing Metroid Zelda two and, and Metroid. Zelda one. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, by that point, it's like no one was buying Nintendo new anymore. Or it was the it was the value console you got for fifty bucks. Yeah, that's when they had the top loader come out for forty nine ninety nine. You know, like it was just all right. This is for people that either can't afford a Super Nintendo or may, you know what I mean. Like Nintendo by ninety one, especially by ninety two, was in a weird state. Of, yeah, they were going bye bye. I, I would if like it, to point out that though that just because the gray cart is more rare, um, it is not worth anymore which was surprising because just because i well i guess to a only completionist collector would want to get the gray one and the gold one i guess right you i can mean, play either one obviously i i agree that it, well i think it's between 10 to 15 to one um but yeah i mean if anyone's trying to charge you more than a couple bucks extra for it uh i mean walk and find a different seller we don't charge any more for it uh and i mean really it's 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 not that uncommon like if you you'll find it it's just it's a little uncommon yeah it's just not as yeah is as, as uncommon it, it, it's just it the it's gold a, card is like i said everywhere it's a five maybe a four you four, know four um and then the same thing with punch out versus mike tyson's punch out the same exact thing obviously but and metroid with the yellow label as opposed to metroid with the silver label that one i've seen the least amount probably yeah I, well i would say that one's the most rare yeah but the punch out you see a little bit more i i'd say or at least just about the same as the, the gray zelda one and zelda two Kevin Thomas, when, if ever, do you think retro game prices will go back down? Are you saying in general or for specific consoles? I guess we'll say. I mean, general. let's just pretend he's asking for NES because I think that's what everyone really thinks about when they think of private prices. Sure, that's okay. the biggest. Um, I mean, because my answer for Turbo would be different for my answer for NES, but let's just say NES and Super NES. Uh, you know, I hate to break it to people like this, but I don't think it's ever magically going to drop back to, like, even mid-2000s prices. Um, but we, we have started to see some games come down in price. I just think that it's it's too firmly ingrained right now, uh, a lot of these prices, for them to ever drop meaningfully uh, below where they're, where they're at now. Meaning, I could see games dropping five dollars, but I don't see the expensive games dropping, you know, thirty dollars ever again. I don't. I don't see Mega Man One ever becoming a cheap game again. No, but I can see it. Where is it at right now, Mega Man One? I, very expensive. Fifty, sixty, about fifty. I can see it becoming a thirty-dollar game. Sure, eventually twenty-five, maybe. It all depends upon. We're talking five years, ten years from now. Um, obviously, the collectors are going to hold on for dear life to the really rare games, and they're not going to give it up unless it's top dollar. You're not going to see Little Samson again probably for $50 like it was 10 years ago, no. or $40. might go back down a few hundred dollars, $400, $500, hopefully, because that's probably what it should be worth, at least to me, quote-unquote, what it should be worth. Um, it's going to depend upon all those people that got into it uh, from the, in the past five years that said, you know what, I maybe got a collection of 40, 50 games I like playing. I don't need it anymore. I'll just play on a computer. Or I don't care anymore. Right. You get a you get a bunch of people doing that, cycling out something that's either they think is a fad or something that they no longer have interest in or maybe they can play it on the Wii U or play it on the Wii or then you might see it. It has to be obviously tons of... It, has, it cannot just be 50 people getting rid of Contra. It has to be... 3,000 people getting rid of Contra. The thing you know, that's is, what it like, has to be. I think some of the mid-tier games, like very uncommon to rare, but nothing more than that. Um, 
you are starting to see some of those slowly go down a little bit in price. And the reason why is because the people who want them already have them. Sure. What we're actually seeing now, and this is where I don't know when price is going to go down, it depends on when people lose interest, is we have a lot of popular games that they made tons of copies of, like Super Mario 3, Super Mario 2, and Contra, that everyone wants. These are good games. People buy them and they don't let them go. I used to have 20 Super Mario 2s in the store at all times. Mm-hmm. Now I'm lucky if I get two a month. Um, you and I talked about this before when uh, we were talking about Mario 3. And you are like, I don't even see them at the flea market anymore. No, you Contra, don't. for sure, is a game that people are buying and they're not letting go of. So I could see the rarer titles dropping slightly, but I definitely foresee a future where the common titles do go up in price a bit more if they're a good game. This is the point where I think the, the games that are actually quality to play are going to start rising in price, whereas the rarer games that might not be as good start to drop. Things like Motor City Patrol, which is... which No, which sucks. Uh, not good. Yeah, games like Motor City Patrol or... Um, shit, I had another good example. Die Hard. You know, these are games that are going to start to drop in value because they're not very good games. Yeah. And, and, but you have seen... I've seen people get out of collecting. This, you know, oh, I'm getting out of collecting. I'm dropping my... You know, I got 500 games in a couple of years. I'm getting out of it, and that, that happens too. When sure. people when people look at it as, as oh, this is cool. I'm going to get into it. And, and again, we brought this up before about people that get into it really quickly versus the people that get into it over like a 10 year period, 15 year period. People that curate over a long period of time will be less likely to jump out of it and dump their collection at once versus someone that it's like the you know the, the water the water slowly getting boiled. Where if it's boiled slowly, you don't feel it over 15 years spending that amount of money versus. Oh my god! I just spent four thousand dollars in two years. I need that money back. Yeah, and, you know what I mean, and that's exactly it. You do it slowly. You don't feel if if the problem is financial anyway. If you do it slowly, you don't feel a financial sting. If you do it quickly, you suddenly realize, fuck, <laughs> I've dropped how much money and how much time. Yeah. So the whole point is, uh, there may not be enough of those people to bring down the common games, but the rare ones, like you said, that that could affect it. This is from at Patty Westy two thousand. Uh, YouTube's coming out with a live streaming service like Twitch focusing on games and esports. I guess they're asking, what's your opinion on that? I think it's only natural. Uh, YouTube put in a bid, I think it was last summer, for Twitch, but Amazon ended up purchasing them. We discussed, we discussed it on the yep. show. YouTube does have a, uh, a capacity to stream, too. If, if you are qualified to do it, on, you can do streams uh, with it. People have asked us, why, hey, why don't you use it for the uh, NES Marathon? Don't want to, but that's a whole other thing. But this is only natural to me. Why wouldn't? Because YouTube must look at Twitch and be like, hey, we're losing a ton of money by people basically doing video content. Maybe not streaming like we do, but they're doing video content elsewhere. Advertising money is going there. Why can't we capture part of that market? It's only natural for Google to want to do this. Will it take hold? I I can see it doing it. I could see the integration of YouTube being the one stop for uh, both uh, prefab video content and streaming. I, I can see it taking off, especially if they do it in a way that Let's just say you can automatically record what you streamed and then hell, have an interface where you can cut it up inside of YouTube and then it's already there and it's easier, easier to process and upload. Oh my God, I, I, hell, I would think about doing that. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think you're right in terms of if one place was going to be the one-stop shop, it would be YouTube. Um, Twitch right now is there because that's what people can do. It would matter how YouTube handles it. Uh, it depends. 
some of the people who are more money oriented, uh, you know, if, if YouTube doesn't have like a tipping system like Twitch does or whatever, they do though. They're trying to do, put that there. Okay, then then yeah. I mean, I think it just makes sense for YouTube to do it. I mean, I I, I really do. As long as they do it right, I really do think that I, could put Twitch out because it's just, dude. So many people I know would just make YouTube their homepage and done. Yeah, I, one of the, that's the internet. One of the reasons I don't I don't not that I don't use it, but I think having a whole separate interface turns me off. That okay, so on one you have subscribers, on one you have people that are subscribers, but they're paying for you, but then you have followers, but then you give them access stuff. Just put it all on one website. So one reason I, I, I'm, I use Facebook a lot less. I just use Twitter to communicate with people. That's that's sort of the, the, the fact the way to communicate versus Facebook. You know what I mean? Like it's just, it's just simpler, easier. easier. It's cleaner. Exactly. There's not all the extraneous bullshit that you don't need. You can still have little things about website links and videos, but you don't need all this other crap. You don't want to see other people mentioning garbage to you. You like yeah. So that's why I think- I don't ever read Facebook. Facebook. Well, I I usually read like I'll I'll check out a couple of my friends, but most of my friends on Facebook also tweet the only thing i use twitter for is to like communicate with family sure. fill them in on how i'm doing you know medically whatever um and uh that's it i mean i i don't use i i i make a status update on on facebook like once every two months <laughs> so anyways. hey by the way people are married you know that's that's what it is yeah david dave van dammit Sony announced God of War 3 remaster. These remasters getting out of hand and becoming an FU with no backwards compatibility. Quick answer. Uh, absolutely. As a person who has played various remasters, um, they are not always the, the, like, it's just, the remasters are, 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 are usually half-assed. They usually only work on the stuff that's like showpiece. You know, like, but they don't necessarily work so hard on the other stuff. So this is totally Sony uh, bending you over. You know how much God of War costs for the PS3? Two ninety nine. God of War three? Yes. God of War three for the PS3 costs two ninety nine for a physical copy. For a physical copy. Wow. So obvious that's used. It's a contra of our day. So obviously they want to make this money back and yeah. they're going to remaster it. And here's the thing, like I'm okay, so I'm playing Final Fantasy Type 0 right now, which is a remaster of a PSP game from 2010, 2011. And in game it looks really nice, but when you see like the cutscenes, not the FMV cutscenes, but the cutscenes with with the characters talking, yeah. it's it's awful. It looks they, they didn't do anything. They didn't change that part. No, no new textures. The, the, it, it all looks like PSP shit. So it takes you out of it. it well, it, it it's not really that big of a deal to me. But all I'm saying is this whole remaster shit doesn't add anything to it. Even oh. if they had remastered those cutscenes, and I like the game either way, but even if they had remastered those cutscenes. The HD doesn't justify me paying a new price tag for it. The only reason I did for Type Zero is because Type Zero never came to the U.S. God of War Three is readily available everywhere. The only I this is not just because I play a lot of retro games. I did I don't like this with movies. I don't like updating a lot of this stuff. The only argument or only way I'd be interested in this is like if it's an older game that was like say multiplayer you can't play anymore for whatever dumb reason, and they brought it back. To, oh, you can play it multiplayer again. That has an appeal to me. Like, if you if say you love the first Halo, so they come out with the Halo remaster, whatever HD, and then oh, I can play the original Halo again. The servers were all gone. Then I can make a case for it. Yes, but because honest, but, because you can't get mad at the company for eventually shutting down servers. I guess. Well, you can still do that. I mean, yeah. It doesn't cost them that much. Much in the grand money, of things. No. 
But that I can get. But to just to play a game I played five... When did God of War 3 come out? 2008? 9? What was it? I don't know. I was living with Mike at the time, so that's like... 2008, 2009. Okay, let's just say six years. Six years, really? Not 20 years, not 15 years. Six years, you're already remastering a game. Are, are, is the graphics that that uh, important to update it in six let, years? Let's, you know not, what I mean? let's not forget that they remastered The Last of Us. Uh, uh, like, I mean, that game had been out a year. Don't 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 fall prey to this bullshit. You're, you're, and it's not like you're getting these games for five dollars. No, you know it, what I mean. You're 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 paying the same amount for a game that they're putting minimal work into at the end of the day. And look, I know we don't all have money in space. I don't, but um, you know what? Just hold on to your PS3. I promise you, yes. God of War three on your PS3 is going to be as much fun with maybe like a little less shine. You don't need to see Casablanca in color. You don't. Ooh. It's good in blank. It's good in black and white. Ooh, colorized versions of movies. Same thing. Q and A. What do you think about eBay sellers who use sexy photos of women to sell their products? I'll tell you what. Fuck that. Um, main reason. I am huge into pinball, and uh, while eBay is never the place really where you're going to get a deal for a pinball. No, machine, you do not get any. I, uh, deals. I, I I do scout them just to see what might be near me. You know, and sure. to see what's out there. I want to know what's on the market. Um, because I only have one now, and I don't really have room for another, but I'd like a second one at some point. And there's a guy out there who puts chicks all over the fucking pinball machines. I'm like, she's going to fall through the fucking glass. Get her off the fucking pinball machine. That's worth $10,000 or 5000 or three. And I just... Get your fucking sweaty what? ass is off it, of it. Is it? Do they? Do you honestly think? And I see guys um, do this with video games where it's literally the cleavage and the game is like right there with the woman. And for, I'm not gonna look. I love boobs. I'm not gonna buy it we, anymore. We all love boobs. They're luscious. What is is the person selling actually thinking this will attract people that are that horned up that they're gonna buy my game for five dollars more than someone else or are they showing off the fact that hey I have a woman and I have video games like what I'm trying to wrap my mind around what's the mentality of doing that I just don't understand it I have it's a just, woman could you just say that I have woman you'll sound like a caveman it'll be great I have woman yeah Anyways, um, no, I don't I, I, because I don't know what it is. Do they have to hire someone? I but it, no, I believe they're probably the girlfriend or that's fine or wife. But probably. when but when I look at it, or maybe not. I don't know. When I look at it, it makes me go and find another copy of the game. Oh yes, well it, yeah. That, that's no, part seriously, of it. I will not buy from that. I think it's a fucking stupid tactic. And uh, without even going off on my fucking liberal feminist rant, yeah, fuck you in the comments section. Um, I just think it's shitty. I just think no, it's I, stupid. I don't think it's anything with feminists. I think it's idiotic. And yeah, needed. it's just dumb. It's just stupid. It's it, it's just it's has nothing to do with. Uh, it's a woman's choice to be put in a picture. Yeah, but 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 it's, but but you know, <laughs> put the cartridge down with your handwritten name on there, so I know that it's it, it's it's yours. That's fine. Um, I do not know that you know these I, boobs. I think we're past the point when. Um, when basically you can stumble upon advertisements showing hardcore sex on websites that you don't need to see cleavage uh, on a website to get turned on or to try to entice people. It's just really weird. Really weird. Yeah, every and, I don't know. Every time someone gets like... Re- uh, every, every time someone complains about like, uh, you know, underdressed boobs being eliminated from this RPG, I'm like, dude, do you... I mean, come on. Do you know how to find porn? <laughs> it's not fucking hard. <laughs> if if you want porn, just go find porn and jerk off. I mean, you, you don't. Anyways, fuck it. Done. <sighs> At Sean, 
uh, design, Undertow design, what marketing advice would you have given Sega that might have kept them in the console videos? All right. Advertise properly? Advertise uh, your games? They stopped probably advertising properly at the Sega CD point. Yep. Uh, Sega. We'll, we'll say 94. Genesis before that actually shows some of the game. Once you got 94, we got into the whole... Remember in the early to mid-90s, it was like everything was fresh and flashy and neon bubbles, and it was like, okay, we're past that. What's the product you're trying to sell? Let's try not to be flashy anymore. I understand that you're doing like uh, advertisers that look like movie trailers, but that doesn't work for a game console. You have to actually show the games being played and people enjoying playing the games. And that's what Sega uh, got into with, um, especially the Saturn. The advertisers were terrible. The Dreamcast was awful, the advertisements. I remember the Dreamcast one so much because it was like this pillar-shaped room, right? And it was all like Dreamcast orange and all this. And what they would do is, is they'd flash the camera and it would show like Sonic. And then it would show Ulala. Like they'd show off all the mascots. Like mascots still sold systems. But they wouldn't show off any of the gameplay. No one knew what the fuck Jet Grind Radio was going to be for like months after it was announced. They just never, they never, they, they kept everything so tightly under wraps that it was hard for people to get excited about stuff. But they thought it was a good idea to, to tag all their commercials with five to ten seconds of, of all the all the characters from the Dreamcast games standing around talking to each other. Like you'd have someone from like NBA 2K1 or whatever talking to uh, a, like a, a guy from Ready to Rumble. You know, it's just like, what the fuck right. is this? Who this is, is not selling the game to me. Who is this attractive raver space woman and what does she do? I don't know. She talks it, to Sonic. I mean, it's just, it's fucking. It's like, it's <laughs> like they went mental. Yeah. It's like, it's almost like they wanted it, it wanted it not to succeed when you, when you look back. When you're going to, again, advertise the game. Show the gameplay. Show people playing the game, having fun. Have it. Marketing is all about having people remember what they saw, play whether or not they want to want it or not. Remember it. Play it, and they will come. It's thinking. What does that mean? It's a game console. That's uh, the worst. It's thinking about what, how to go out of business in a few years. I mean, like, did the console even last three years? I think it was two and a half. The Dreamcast. Anyway, two and a half. It's thinking about. Robert Lopez, <laughs> and how we feel about the social stigma that adult gamers, comic book readers, and collectors have. I, you know, we get a lot of questions that are similar to this, and I, I actually like Robert. I used to, uh, I played Mario Kart with him a lot. Um, I, I, and I can only speak from personal experience. I don't think that stigma is necessarily as much of a stigma as you think anymore. Not anymore. It's not, not anymore. anymore. Oh, this no, is, it's this not. Is, it, it, it's not the late when... 90s or the early 2000s, and this is it. If 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 you have people over, um, whether they're your friends, a romantic interest, and they turn their nose up at what they see, then they are not for you. Mm-hmm. But the truth is, I have had plenty of people over... Um, you know, before I married Vani or friends who would come over and they would see it and they would look at it. They might ask a couple questions about it and then we'd move on to whatever we planned on doing that day. Sure. It's just not weird I, anymore. I, I don't really think there's a stigma. Uh, when I when I was uh, dating uh, back in my nice garden apartments in New Jersey, um, out, of, out of the girls that um, were lucky or unlucky enough, the way, the way you look at it, to be in my uh, apartment... Out of all of them, only one had uh, like a very bad reaction uh, to the games uh, that I had on the shelves, and that was even on the first date. I was like the second or third, and she probably just wanted it out of the 
dating you know relationship you were trying to get going. Anyway, uh, most people either either didn't care, ask a question, hey, what, oh, ooh, what are these? Oh, Nintendo is. Oh, I remember Duck Hunt. I remember Contra. Or you know, they, they no one said, "Oh my God!" Video games, except for one out of, and she she was terrible anyway. Told her story. Um, when you go to Comic Con nowadays, um, or anytime, it's not like quote unquote nerds and dweebs walking around. It's, no, it's moms and dads and everyone. Frank and I, Marvel, especially Frank, he says, you know, it's not like just like beautiful women that are cosplayers. It's beautiful women just shopping for comic books that. 20 years ago, you didn't even think about seeing that, but that's it's common. It's every, every facet of, of life, especially with social media now and the internet, people connect easier. Uh, things like like The Walking Dead, that's zombie stuff. That's considered cool now. Yeah. That wasn't cool 20, 25 years ago. That was like, that's, ooh, that's weird. Now it's like mainstream. It's just the whole game has shifted. Yeah, I would say this, Robert. I mean, I think the more... You, you think about this this perceived social stigma, and I'm not I don't think you really have this problem. But um, the more you, you think about this social stigma, the more it's it, it's going to rear itself. Only because uh, you know they're reading something off you. But really, uh, you know, um, like I said, whether it's a friend or a romantic interest, this this is not this is not 95 anymore. I I was just at PAX East. I sit down to this big, huge, six foot seven guy, and I look at him, I'm like, what the hell? Like, he doesn't look like the quote-unquote type that would be at a convention like PAX East. You know, then he's like, I play in the NFL. And I'm like, this is where we're at now. Yeah. You got playing in the NFL who likes anime stuff and video game stuff. That's, you know what I mean? Like, now, I mean, even though I was surprised, I'm not a shot that I'd be like 15, 20 years yeah. ago hearing something like that. Whether everyone, you know I mean? Whether everyone likes it or not is a different thing, but... Games, comic books, collections, these are not things that normal people are going to frown on you for having, sure. I don't think. Um, Karen Niemla. Hi, Karen. When a game is ported on better hardware, is accuracy to the original or improving it more important? Um, I don't. I, I guess I would say it's, it's a mixture of both. Um, and I think time span plays something into it, but... You know, if, if if a game is being ported onto better hardware and it's like a same day release, I think accuracy but better graphics is, or, you know, is, is or showing off the the, new, the the better hardware's power is important. We're talking like PS3 to PS4, like Grand Theft Auto Five. Immediately, yeah. But Grand Theft Auto is actually an example I wanted to bring up. Grand Theft Auto isn't super accurate to the original. There's more you can do, and you can do you can play through the entire game in the first person mode, and people and people love that. Um, I mean, I've never played it, so... That sounds interesting, first person. Yeah, it does. I don't I, like third person in general. I like third person, but I mean, I would actually, if I ever had... I would actually probably try GTA Five in first person mode. Just for the fuck of it. Um, so, I think both are important, but I think improving the game is probably better than well, than, than accuracy. Well, I mean, let's be honest, from a consumer side, they're they're trying to milk more money out of you. And, and get you maybe buy a game a second time. So they so better they, add they, some they, shit. Yeah, they better if they're if they already charge uh, fifty dollars for it on PS3 and they're charging fifty to sixty dollars on PS4, and the amount of time put into that development was one percent versus the original. Yeah, they better put some freaking extra value yeah, in there. Improve it. So yeah, added value I think would be more important, especially if that port is is very close and you've already you've already bought it. Alan Thompson. Are save states a form of cheating, like on a flashcard, or is it just save a working man some time? Um, 
Fuck. I've I've grappled with this forever. He's a common man. Yeah. And I am a common man. <laughs> Working hard with I am a common fucking man. Um I I do think they are a form of cheating. I don't have a problem with it. But I do use them. I, if you constantly save state, I mean, you you're, I, you're obviously cheating the game. I am not young. But I don't care. I don't have eight hours to play through a two-minute section of a game. No. That's what I, it comes down to. No, I understand. Th- this is what I'm saying. Like, I do think it's cheating, but if I go back to play Zelda 2 again, like, say, on my 3DS, yeah. I'm going to save state every, like, five minutes. Oh, can you save state on, on the 3DS version of those? Uh, one, one, one save state, but that's all I really need. That's fine. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah, you can save state on all the v- virtual uh, console stuff. I was just playing through uh, Super Spy Hunter last week. Ooh. Won't say why, but... Um, Extremely good game, extremely tough game, but there's one part in particular that there is a jump on the last level. The last level is fucking insane on Super Spy Hunter. There is a jump that even even with the save state took me over twenty times to get. And I am not a bad game player. Looking over my glasses, um, I thought the smiley face on your shirt was bare skin, and I thought you had kind of done one of those numbers and I was about to leave. What, what is this? What, is, what, is, what are you trying the, to say? The, the nodding it up and through the neck. <laughs> I don't know what I'd be nodding through my neck, but thanks for derailing this. Anyway, so this one section of the game... I thought you were making a man's ear. Anyways, continue. The, the one section of this game, uh, literally a, a, like a three, se- three or four second section, if I did not have the save state, you're telling me then, okay, I'd have to go back and replay through the entire game another 40 minutes to get to the section where I had I had six or seven lives built up. I wasn't losing that many lives up to this point. I was getting extra lives. It was impossible, this one part. And I'm sorry. For that, to me, when it gets to the point where it's totally, totally unfair, I'll, I'll give it a go and replay a part. It's like, okay, I fucked up. But if it's, to me, totally unfair uh, to like 99% of players, then no, I will definitely... Like I said, I, I don't care. I, I, I personally think if, you, if, if, if you're not beating the game the way it was put on the disc or on the cartridge, you're cheating. But... Like I said, I will use save states if I'm just trying to get through a game that has proven very difficult for me. This is from at BDS Inferno. Uh, unfortunately, not Disco Inferno, one of my favorite wrestlers ever. What do you think about the fans that were forced to change out of their costumes or lose their front row seats while at WWE Raw? So basically what happened was it was several uh, people got front row seats on the camera side, the hard camera side, which is when you're looking over the ring for the people who don't know. And they were like they were basically cosplaying as old wrestlers from like the nineties. Like you had a, I think you had someone as IRS. Um, you you had a, a Hogan in there. You know, you probably had a, I think a Flair or Macho Man. There's like seven of them out to have a good time. Uh, so I guess WWE didn't like it or didn't want it for whatever reason. They thought it was distracting and uh, forced them to change out of their uh, costumes and gave them like John Cena T-shirts to wear instead. And it, LOL, Cena wins again. That was actually one of the cool things from uh, the Wrestling is Wrestling spoiler I win shirt. That's the oh, yeah. World Wrestling. <laughs> yeah. That was great. But um, really crappy. Um, really crappy just because it's not like they were it's not like they were asking someone to remove their Pat Face CU podcast sign in Survivor Series promoting something else. But it was they're having fun. It's the product. They're obviously huge fans. There had to be a better way of handling that. I'm not sure. Maybe they thought it would be a distraction, but there's always been that one guy who's cosplayed at Hulk Hogan for the past like 20 years at events. You've yeah. seen him, like you know what I mean. People know him. he always comes to a certain city or cities that he's at. It's just a really crappy situation. There's not much else to say about it, you know. But whatever. WWE didn't like it. Two more. Three more. Th- two more. Three more. <laughs> you can't count anymore. No, the last one I, I just count. I, I scrolled too far. 
Street Guru. Do you have any stories of people coming into the store expecting to get far too much for their games? Um, yeah. I mean, all the fucking time. Uh, the problem with a question like this is it's just so broad and it happens so many times a day. You're always ripping people off! That there's no way I can possibly, like, just pick one really good story. But it... the the Here are the two types of people who expect way too much for their games. The people who bring me a box of old NES games. And as soon as they say I was looking up some values online... I know they're going to want too much because that means they saw a Top Gun going for a hundred on Amazon, <laughs> and I mean, there's just no way. And I'll open the box and I'll be like, "You know, nothing in here is worth any money, right?" And if they go yes, I continue on. If they go, "Well, this, this, and this," I'm like, "No, no, and no." And I'll even like go find eBay completed but, listings and, and show them before before people in the comments massacre you. You usually offer around what fifty percent credit. For, for the, the game? It, it's, it, it depends on what it is and how, how badly we need it. I usually actually do, if it's something very... If it's something I know will sell, I usually do about two-thirds credit, one-third cash. If it's something that is less popular or I have a shitload of copies of... Mm-hmm. If it's something less popular but I don't have a shitload of copies of, 50% credit, 50% of that in cash. And then if it's something I have a billion copies of, I say, hey, I have a ton of copies of this, but if you really want to get rid of it, I can give you, like, a buck or two. And if they say no, I just give it back to them. Okay. So, I mean, like like, like, like Smash and Mario Kart, that's stuff that I'll, I, yeah, fuck 50%, I'll give you, I'll give you 66. Sure. Point which is, which is very fair for credit. Especially if your games are, uh, at Luna, are usually fairly priced. Some, some I've gotten deals on. So I can say that two-thirds credit at Luna is not a bad deal. There have been some... Well, and you also have to understand that if our prices are a little higher on something, you're also going to get much more credit on that item if you bring it in. Yeah, yes. I, I, am, I, am not, I am not Joe Jackass who is going to bring you a game and give you a dollar and sell it to you for 35 If I sell the game yeah. for 35 I'm going to give you 20 in credit for it. No, I, and I'm speaking this. I, I have traded in some stuff to Luna, and they have given me a fair uh, trade in value. I'm not, I'm not just saying that because he's... Across the, the across the table and, 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 from you. and yelled at me two days ago. I did. Right. Uh, so um, basically, it's the people who uh, read articles about stadium events, or you know, hear about an expensive and you know vintage game, and they think it's all going to be worth money. Uh, this also happens a lot with Atari and Atari games. People just assume that because it's from the seventies that they're not you know five dollars a dozen online. Um, the other person is. The person who doesn't get that they need to stop buying sports games every year if they plan on making profit on them or stuff like that. You know, people, modern game buyers who bring me a stack of 10 games and the most recent one is from three years ago. And I'm like, I really can't do more than $15. Well, why? Well, because this game sells for $2. Well, then why can't I get $2 for it? Because then I don't make a fucking profit. Jackass, that's I why. I can't keep the lights on then. So, I mean, those are the two types of people who, who really expect to get, you know, way too much. William Nash, do you predict the value of CNIB or CIB? Complete new inbox or complete inbox games will drop due to sophisticated forgeries entering the market. I think that it's going to get real dicey. I don't I think know. we're almost there. I think we're almost there. I hate it when someone brings me a really rare game. 
And it's not because I don't want it in you the store. You told it before because you're afraid of buying it. I'm afraid of buying it. I'm afraid of pissing someone off. And that happens... That that, that fear doubles or triples if it's complete in box. Yeah, because uh, the boxes... Uh, I've seen I've seen box reproductions and manuals, and they're close. They're close. They're not 100%, but they're, depending on the art you get, though, you can get very, very close. If someone brought me a sealed Earthbound... I don't know that I'd even make an offer on it because, frankly, my gut instinct to make sure my customers weren't getting ripped off would be, I've got to open this, make sure Earthbound is in there, make sure this isn't a repro, and open the cart. Yeah, it's, it's unfortunate. That's what happens when a hobby matures. You get fucking assholes that enter it, Yeah, like, like anything else. And, um, the problem is it won't directly... What happens with forgeries is it doesn't necessarily affect the quote-unquote value of the real ones, it destroys the interest in getting a real yeah, th- one. Yeah, and that's what I'm trying to say. So so what happens is, um, I brought this up before, because if you had an interest in something before, you are less likely to shell top dollar for something if there's even a 10% risk, it might be fake. Because um, it, 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 uh, it requires then the seller to find, it's hard for the seller to find a buyer. That lowers the price automatically. You'll have even ten percent, twenty percent less people interested in paying that top dollar, knowing there could be a lot of them. This happened in the eighties with basketball cards. Uh, I think I, Michael Jordan uh, rookie card was very, very easy to counterfeit. You had to be on the lookout for that. And so uh, I don't know now what happened, but I do know like when I collected sports cards as a kid, and I, that's when I knew about that. You like you had to be careful. So then. You know, why would you risk the money for it then? Unless you were totally sure of the source, totally sure that what you're getting was the authentic thing. So I think for the game cards, you'll always have, okay, open it up. Let me see the board. That's, that's fine. That's going to be next to impossible to reproduce on a scale that'll make it worth a, a, a forger or counterfeits. But the manual and box, oh yeah, I would be very, 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 very careful going forward yeah. on, on, on games. Yep. I mean, like I said, we are nervous about bringing them in. Um, unless it's a regular customer who is selling off a good chunk of their collection. Um, and as far as sealed games go, I'm, I don't know that I'd want to touch them. Seals is a whole other thing. It's because um, you have to be very, very knowledgeable about seals. And I am, um, but still, I mean, it's just we're at that point where I don't. But there are more. They will never be able to duplicate certain ones. Um, uh, like like you can never duplicate. I think I know as much as that to get it a hundred or hundred percent. You need like the huge fucking machines that right. get it, like the fifty thousand dollar machines to yeah. do it. So for that perspective, then it won't even be worth them to to pump out uh, false sealed games. But it doesn't mean people aren't going to try, and people have been fooled by well, it. I've had people and, bring me stuff sealed that looks like it was sealed by a home sealer, and I'm like, uh, no interest. Why? Not really our thing. And I bet if you looked out there, I bet you there's someone that got a sealed game grader that was that was uh, not a real seal. I bet you it's happened. <laughs> yeah, because so, uh, VGA is a bunk piece of shit. Um, so, um, yeah, I, I think it'll happen. Or, like I said, lose interest. I don't have interest in complete box uh, games. I, I mean, uh, from the outset. I mean, hell, like I said, if one fell in my lap, sure, but I'm not going to go out and spend thousands on a you know a little Samson complete in box or something. Here's the thing: there are, there are even games that, as repros, I would I would be okay with. They did a second. They, they they liked to call it a second run of Sapphire for the PC Engine, and uh, it looks pretty good. I mean, there are things that you can tell that are different Official? about it. But I mean, as long as there's a way to differentiate, I don't yeah, have a problem. It, I mean, as long as if, if I could have gotten that for its original price. That's a bootleg I probably would have bought. But, um, yeah, I mean, I I don't really care about the, the outer box, but I just never wouldn't... I just wouldn't buy anything new. 
Finally, at Geekper, who would win in a sauna contest of Pat, Ian, and Frank? Well, how are you defining a sauna, sauna contest? contest? Are you talking about who looks the best in a towel? Or who can last the longest in the sauna? I mean, how are we measuring this here? If it's who sweats the most, it's probably me. No, I, I sweat a lot. I sweat a lot, too. We're, we're, that's the sauna contest. That's the sauna? <laughs> yeah. Who sweats the most? Sweats but isn't the, the point most. of a sauna to sweat anyway, though? Yes, yes. I think it's who lasts the longest without water. Mm. Frank. He's like a cactus. I, I, okay. Okay. We'll agree on that. <laughs> um, wow, this has been almost two hours to the, to the minute. Another fine CU podcast. Remember, we have a Patreon for the podcast. It helps support us. It helps uh, you can get us balance points. And it's uh, patreon.com slash pixelsickle. I-, I know it's a very nice, easy name that you can spell. It's very phonetic that Ian chose that it's easy to say on the radio or podcast. Um, and then we'll be back in two weeks. So fun. Uh, please subscribe uh, to us on iTunes. Help helps our, our rating out there. It helps us get in the top ten and stay there. For a, a few days, we don't do a weekly podcast, so it's hard to stay up there in the rankings, unfortunately. And leave a comment, and you know, you know, spread the word, spread the word. And uh, any last words, Ian? Uh, I love you. Okay, Ian loves you. I, I think you're pretty cool too. We'll see you next week. <laughs>